Welcome, everybody, to the experiment on a Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Can I still do what I did years ago and just talk endlessly into a microphone with nobody here? I think I probably can because that's kind of what I do. And this music is really, really troubling. You know that? Truly, truly troubling. <laughs> Whatever. Not my choice. For some reason, I am unable to enter the original music we have made for the radio shows and everything else we got. So I don't know why yet. We'll figure that out. So welcome all. My name is Dan Smeriglio, and this is my solo podcast. Trying it at a little bit of a unique time. I want to thank everybody who is already logged into the chat room and live. I appreciate you joining me. And I appreciate you dealing with me, uh, spamming you, whether it be on the world of social media or elsewhere. I really didn't try to do that. But what this is, is something that I used to do many, many years ago. And I did for quite some time. I used to do solo podcasts, daily thoughts and rants, if you will. I hear myself in the background. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> and I used to, we used to do the weekly show, obviously, the Voice of the People USA radio show. It alternated nights. We did it a lot on Fridays. Now we do it on Thursdays. And the problem is, is I have a lot of co-hosts and I actually, believe it or not, don't like to talk a lot. I don't. I really, truly don't. I know some do not believe that, but it's the honest to God truth. I actually prefer to be somebody who just kind of interjects and does my random yellings from time to time, whatever you want to call it. But unfortunately, I would get done with a show, a live show, and then I would have more to say. So I decided to open up my Spreaker account and start doing daily podcasts. And I would go live sometimes at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And for some reason, people would listen. Crazy, but people would listen. So I figured to have fun with it. And that's how I became pretty comfortable in the world of podcasting. I guess you could say, huh? Literally having a conversation with no one. But it's easy. Because when you speak from the heart and you just speak about the things that are on your mind, it's never really that much of a challenge. People actually think I'm somehow, some way, an expert when it comes to this. I'm not. Not even close. I've learned by fault, honestly. Trial and error. But I just don't have an issue when it comes to speaking candidly. I never have. You know, the first rally we did in front of thousands of people, the first time on media, whatever it was, it didn't phase me. It never phased me. Because when you speak from the heart, you can never go wrong. And that's how I feel. So with that, this past the past two weeks, I've been kind of on and off the uh, Thursday night show, which you could find, unfortunately, for right now on blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA. That is where you find the 6 p.m. start time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for our weekly three-hour live show. And the last two weeks, I've been traveling, dealing with things, work, things come up, so I didn't get a chance to talk much. And we had a rotating cast of co-hosts, and I appreciate everybody chiming in and doing their thing. But a lot of people, for some reason, <laughs> see what happens when you forget to put your phone on silent. I should learn, huh? 
Anyway, a lot of people message me wondering when I'm going to do a solo podcast. And for some reason, you crazies out there still want to hear me. I think I think a lot want to hear me just to criticize. But I know there are some, <laughs> there are some people out there that have stuck with us throughout the years. And I appreciate that and stuck with me. And I thank you. This has been a long journey. I mean, honestly, this started in 2009 officially when it comes to the online world, the radio shows, the podcast, all that good stuff. And a lot of you out there that are listening even right now have actually stuck with. And I appreciate that more than, you know, so and for all the new people, happy to meet you all into the pod bean world. This is the experiment, if you will. I was going to do this show on Spreaker. but took a quick flash poll on the Thursday night show, and it was voted that pod bean was the format. So I know a lot of you out there to listen to this, maybe all of you, I don't really know, had no choice but to download an app. It's a free app. I apologize for that. It doesn't take up too much space on the phone, but it can be annoying. I get it. But apparently it's very interactive and you could chat and listen and send beans. (laughs) You don't have to send me beans. And I don't even know what all that means, honestly. But I guess the way to donate or some things like that. That'll be coming in handy pretty soon. So for those trying out the app, please feel free to let me know in the chat room how it sounds. Now, we've been doing this for two weeks now on Wednesday nights. Conversation with Carrie. Two weeks in a row, we've used Podbean, and we've had a really good experience from audio to chat to engagement, all that good stuff. It's actually gone pretty seamlessly, so I like it so far. From what I'm told, it sounds good. It sounds better on Spotify coming through here because obviously you could find us. You'll find this show, even my solo shows. Sorry. You'll find it on Spotify. You'll find it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, all those wonderful platforms. We are there. We are everywhere. So apparently the audio sounds better via Podbean. So there you go. You let me know because ultimately you're the judge. So with that, can one man talk into a microphone for hours? Keep asking that for a reason. For those who know me, you know that I have I have the ability to never shut up and go on and on and on and on, which I can do. But as I said earlier, I don't like to talk, believe it or not. I don't like to be the only voice in the room. And that's why I like engaging with other people and having other people co-host shows and be guest on shows and different hosts and things of that nature. It's fun for me. But sometimes talk therapy is important. And that's what this is to me. So will I do the whole three hours tonight? I don't know. I have no clue whatsoever. I have no agenda. I have no script. I have no plan. I have nothing. I speak from the heart. Will I do at least two hours? You can guarantee that. So there you go. But if you are locked down, unable to go out, have a life, do anything, and you're bored, it's an alternative to the propaganda media, at least, where you could watch your 9 million commercials about the new normal and all the wonderful crap that's out there poisoning the minds of everybody. So this brings me to topic one. I don't like talking about it, so I'm going to do it now. And I know I'm going to I'm going to go back to this countless times. And because I was asked, I have no intention as it stands of taking live callers during this. 
I never used to. Spreaker didn't allow it. Took chat questions, chat engagement, whatever it may be. But usually, I don't take callers. So could that change at some point in time? Whatever. But this is legitimately my way of just talking out everything that's in my head and trying to put it out in a clear and concise way. I cannot promise you that I will not yell. I don't know if I will or I won't. I can't, I cannot honestly speak to that. But even when I do yell, it's important to know that I do so because I'm passionate. I'm not trying to score points, trying to, you know, raise, raise the listeners, if you will, the viewership numbers, the ratings, whatever you want to call it. It's not done for that reason. I get passionate and I tend to scream because I wonder sometimes what it takes to break through that barrier, that barrier of just that wall, you know, that whatever it is that shields you from truth, that shields you from common sense, that blocks you out from recognizing the crap around you. And it gets me aggravated. And people like to say that I'm a right wing crazy and all this other crap. No, no, I'm just an honest person. And I will freaking rip on the right. I will rip on the left because it needs to be. I have no qualms with that whatsoever. So moving forward, back to topic number one. It's everybody's favorite topic. I know everybody just cannot get enough of it. COVID-19, right? I said this the other night. I will say it again. How many more times do you have to have the truth dropped on your lap? And you still question what's right in front of you. You question what you see. You question what you hear. You question it all, right? No. No, so many fail to do so. How many more lies and inconsistencies and just dishonesty do you need to have it finally resonate to you that this is not a pandemic? That word that I, I've heard before and I like, I liked a lot. Plandemic? Yes. Pandemic? No. Is the disease, the virus real? Of course. You know how many viruses have been created in a lab in China, in America, other places in the world? And just by me saying that, right, that makes me a conspiracy theorist, correct? Or does it make me somebody who is actually intelligent enough to see through the bullshit that's being laid out? That's the question. And that's what I ask all of you. How much more do you have to hear and how much more do you have to see in order to finally wake up to the fact that none of the narratives are consistent, none of the numbers are consistent, it magically spikes anytime a certain political party has a bad day, we got to mask that with ah, new cases of COVID-19, more deaths from COVID-19, more lockdowns from COVID-19. It's the same thing, and I hate to be the person to say it, but it's become a running joke at this point, okay? When the Democrats, and I got to use them as the example because they're the ones that constantly have been going after the current, right? For the impeachment, for the Russia thing, for the Ukraine thing, everything else. Every time they're disproven or have a bad day or lose an election, you know, 
it's a horrible thing to say and it makes you sound cold and callous but you ask yourself how long to the next shooting and nine times out of ten like clockwork there's a shooting whether it be in a school whether it be in a walmart whether it be in a theater whether it be in vegas though we could rip that one apart it's it's almost a sick kind of irony so now their new currency are it's covid death right covid death covid everybody's dying of covid again i ask this question i say it all the time and people wonder why i repeat myself i assure you Everything I say during every show, when I say it and I say it consistently, it's not just me repeating myself. I'm not losing my mind yet. 37. I'm still I'm still on that cusp, right? I do it for a reason because it's building towards something. And I'm telling you that now because it's important for you to hear it and to hear it from the source, to hear it from me. Everything I say is for effect, by design, however you want to label it. This has become the new currency of distraction, everything else, right? So if nobody told you about COVID-19, the coronavirus, if nobody told you, would you ever have even noticed it happened? It was there. Would you ever have even noticed that it was real? Would anybody have known? I'm curious. Because over 80,000 people in America alone died from the flu last year, not even a year ago. Did anybody bat an eye? Did anybody lock down? Did towns lock down? Did businesses close? Did, did the world stop? No, no. And it wasn't just senior citizens, you know, protect the most vulnerable. That's such a load of crap. We are not vulnerable to anyone. Nobody said anything about all the people that died. But this one magically has to be the end all be all, right? It's sick. Why? Because terrorism wasn't working anymore. People were becoming numb to the shootings, to domestic terrorism, if you will. People were legitimately becoming numb. So we needed something new. We needed something new. Now, I'm going to talk about the Democrats here because it's fair to do so. But I am not giving a pass to Republicans because they are genuinely just as bad. Yes, I do support the president, obviously, and I make no apologies for that whatsoever, but I will still tear apart the right and I will tear apart the left. Fair is fair. Rhino globalist trash is still globalist trash, just with an R or D, right? It's all the same. So the left has been in bed with China, been in bed with the New World Order, excuse me, the World Health Organization, the United Nations the European Union, for God knows how long. In America, China owns our debt, operates and owns about, realistically, about 72% of our supply chain. So when you hear about meat shortages and poultry shortages in America, they always fail to mention that most of these companies are actually owned by China, but shh, don't tell me, right? Don't say anything. Antibiotic shortages, well, you know, 96% of our drugs and antibiotics, I can speak, come from China, right? So they own it all. When they realize that they put a senile, disgusting, worthless, in my opinion, pedophilistic scumbag, racist, as the 
as the nominee of choice for the Democrat Party. Well, that's not good, right? Not exactly who we need. Not exactly who we want. Joe Biden isn't going to beat Donald Trump in November. I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm sorry to break the hearts of those who hold out this this shred of hope that Joe Biden is going to be your knight in shining armor. It's not going to happen. So how do we assist? How do we assist him, right? Well, what's the one thing that we could claim that we've had better? And I don't care. If the haters out there, you can make excuses all day. But I defy any of you to tell me how you haven't prospered from Trump's economy, right? From what he's done. You can't. You make excuses. You call names. You do all that crap. It's pathetic. It's tired. It's old. And it's irrelevant as are your fake arguments, right? Whether you love the man or hate the man, you as well prospered, or you also prospered, might I say. So, lowest unemployment in history, most people working in America in history, the economy was stronger than ever. Debt was still increasing, but everybody just seems to forget about that these days, right? But the tariffs on China killing them, so what do you do when all else fails? You have to kill the economy. How do you do that? ISIS wasn't cutting it no more. Trump wasn't buying into the whole plan of the right and the left. I love how the left is so pro-war now. God, I love that. The left used to protest war, protest censorship, protest everything. And now they're, no, we got to go to war with this country and this country and this country and this country. We have to keep going to war. We have to censor this person and this person. Not very liberal of you, right? And the right, the establishment right, the rhino scum, they love it. They don't care. <laughs> this is another another variation of a globalist, right? So we kill the economy. We destroy the unemployment numbers. Why did China, I asked this question. Why did China have a pandemic out clause in their trade deal? They signed with President Trump before the COVID-19 hit the world. Why? How come nobody asks that question? I'm curious. It seems as if they get a pass on every conceivable thing that they do. They get a pass, right? Why? It's because they own the media. They own Hollywood. They own the politicians. They own the division. They own the narrative. And then when Beijing tells you that if anybody questions, silence them, mute them, shadow ban them, remove them, unperson them, right? It's happened. Big tech censorship is very real. And I'm tired of people trying to give Google and Apple some kind of pass, right? Apple has been in China for how long? I mean, we could talk about the, the suicide nets at their factories or slave factories or Piss poor wages, how badly they treat people, you know, that work and build your wonderful phones and their tracking devices and Google with Dragonfly and the social credit score, credit monitoring, right? Just keeping the people of China in check because if they dare challenge the narrative, they'll disappear. Their families will disappear. They'll be killed. Nobody says a word, right? They're a great country. They're a model for the world. Truly, they are. Let's, let's sensationalize the greatness of China. And then this, this stupid, stupid, idiotic story about the Wuhan market. I mean, 
They really should have thought a little bit better about that and tried a little bit harder to put a better spin on their lies and propaganda beforehand, but they didn't. They acted hastily. I said, I said at one point in time that it wouldn't surprise me that China was hoping and betting on the fact that they might actually be able to impeach the president. I don't think they're that stupid personally, but if they were, well, common sense would have it. And I hate to break it to a lot of people, but if they would have impeached the president over what they had, they're very, they're, there would have been rioting. There would have been uprisings. I hate to tell it to you, but it's true. So what's the easiest way to silence social disruption to stop people from rioting, from protesting. How do you do it? You need a lockdown. You need a pandemic. Hong Kong was getting far too much attention for all those. I, and by the way, I've said this before. I will say this time and time again. I will trade out any America-hating Democrat in this country, any America-hating liberal. I will switch them out any day for the Iranian citizens that are more patriotic for this country than them, for the Hong Kong citizens, Taiwan, you name it. They're out there protesting the yellow vest in France, protesting. It was getting out of control. Not covering it in the press wasn't enough. People were still seeing it. Citizen journalism was still getting it out there to the world. People were questioning. When you see people in Hong Kong waving American flags and singing our national anthem, wanting the freedom, continued freedom, wanting to break the chains of, you know, the communism, break the hold of communism, remain free because they're right there up against it with the constant threats of China. And they're going to come in and take over and, you know, put them under their communist rule, right? It wasn't working for them. Too much was getting out. So how do you silence people dissenting in America? How do you silence people dissenting in Hong Kong, in France, in Taiwan? How do you do it? Worldwide pandemic. Amazing, isn't it? Control. Pretty weak considering. And I know a lot of people bring this up and they don't talk about it enough because they get a pass. But do we just ignore the children, the Oh, God, the number I don't have the numbers in front of me because I don't bring the statistics, you know, right up front for these shows, obviously. Maybe I should. But do you know how many people ages zero through 16 died of the swine flu? People in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s, senior citizens all across the board, right? Over 22, 25 million people infected, all these deaths. Was there a lockdown? Was there a shutdown of our economy? Did people have to quarantine? No. You didn't hear word one because it was the wrong talking point for the political party in power and the media runs cover. That got a pass. Oh, you can't compare the two. I can't. Swine flu, I hate to break it to you. It's far worse than COVID-19. And people who deny that, and I'm not saying that it's not real, People need to stop with that crap because that's getting kind of old as well. It is real. Lab-generated viruses, they're very real. But swine flu is far worse. So that gets a pass. The Ebola outbreak from a few years ago, that got a pass, right? We don't talk about that. Ebola is a wonderful, wonderful disease, right? Friendly. 
it's very loving. You know, you bleed out of your ears, your eyes, your mouth, your nose, you, you bleed out, die, suffer. It's all great, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. It's an easy, easy sickness. You know, you heard a little bit of, oh, we got to quarantine this plane. Somebody coming back from this country. Oh, we're going to house a nurse that has Ebola. Moving on, you know, Barack Obama spoke to a child today. You know, that was the highlight, right? That was the story. That's what the narrative was. That's what it is. That's what they needed it to be. But this doesn't get a pass. Why? Why, people? I know a lot of you out there are smart enough to get where I'm going with this and to understand what I'm saying. This is all done by design. And I don't care. I don't care what the counter arguments are. You can't tell me that these 100 doctors are right, but these 300 doctors that are speaking out against it, they're wrong. They're lying to you, right? So the approved doctors, approved surgeons and all of them, that's okay. They get a pass. And then you immediately get yelled at that you're, you know, like I said before, the conspiracy theorist. Let me just say this, because this also doesn't get brought up enough. The term conspiracy theorist was a term created by the CIA to immediately blacklist those in the 1950s that spoke anything that was too close to the truth. So in other words, if you were over the target, as they say, and you were speaking about something that they're not supposed to be talking about, that you were questioning the narrative, it was easier then because there was no social media. They were just your controlled few mega media sources here in America, and the world went on along its way, right? Walter Cronkite and all of them, such great, reputable people. They would never lie to you, right? But the CIA was literally giving talking points to the mainstream media all the way back in the 50s, and that's where the term conspiracy theorist derived to silence those who dissented from the propaganda. That is the truth. So... Moving forward, it's the same thing all over again. If you question the official narrative, you have become the new conspiracy theorist. When in reality, people like me, we're not saying it's not real. I have zero doubt about it being real. As as much as I said, what with the CIA, right? Operation Mockingbird, that's what they called it. That was their plan. And it was exposed, and it was later declassified, but nothing was done about it, how the CIA controlled the media talking points, right? Okay. I've spoken about this before as well, and I'm going to bring it up again. Operation Paperclip. We will be doing a show just about the CIA programs and operations because people have a right to learn more. And I will bring on other guests that have a lot more experience and knowledge and a lot of things that we could use to really drive the point home. But Operation Paperclip, I love these names. And we were not the only country who did it. But the Nazis, the SS, creating bioweapons, creating orbiter bombers in the 30s and 40s in Berlin, all the things that they were creating to try to destroy the world, to bring forth that one world government, right? Once we defeated the Nazis and the Japanese in World War II, we took a lot, a lot of the SS and we brought them to America and we gave them new identities. and We put them to work in the United States government. 
and they were responsible for creating biochemical weapons, bio disease, and whatever else. We still don't know to this date all that they've done. It's sick. It's sad, but it's true. And again, you're lying if you say that. No, white papers are there. It was since declassified. But again, we ignore it. We overlook it. We don't talk about it because nobody wants to believe that the West can do something so vile, so grotesque, right? Why would we ever put Nazis to work in the United States government? Why would Japan, Japan even benefited from SS doctors and scientists after World War II? Why? Because we were going to begin the occupation of Japan, but the League of Nations said which would soon become the United Nations, another Hitler idea, said that you'll begin the rebuilding of Japan. So America went and became the rebuilders. We're going to bomb you, and then we're going to use American tax dollars to rebuild you. And please, to all my friends out there, because I know there's a lot of you from Japan, from South Korea, from Thailand, from the Philippines, love the Philippines, to so many countries in Asia. You know how I feel, and I appreciate all your support. But this is factually accurate. So it was the American taxpayer who not only paid for the nuclear bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which, of course, we got from the Nazis as well, because Albert Einstein was targeted because he was Jewish and escaped and fled to America, worked with Oppenheimer excuse me, and the Manhattan Project and finished the bomb. So we beat the Germans to it just to give you an idea of how advanced they were. This is a little bit of a history lesson with Dan. I'm a very bad teacher, but I'm just, I'm hoping you follow me here. I'm hoping you can understand what I'm saying. Because again, I'm getting on a point. So we funded the weapons, we funded the programs, and then we funded the rebuilding of Japan, our enemy that attacked us, right? Okay. Now, it's amazing when you, when you look at it from the outside looking in, especially so many years removed, because... History classes do not, do not teach you a lot of these truths anymore. They don't. They like to create opinions become facts to them. That's what a lot of the education system had become over the decades. Not all, but unfortunately, it's a derived narrative. Okay. Our ally in World War II was a rather weak nation, a nation that got decimated by Japan, but they were our ally. China. Our friends in China. Our great allies. What's amazing is now you do the history, right? Japan essentially could not overcome the Philippines, but they overcame China with relative ease. China was an easy win for Japanese, right? For the emperor crazy so after world war ii the cia steps in with their their pawn their puppet you've heard me talk about this before a good guy a cia trained guy named mao Zedong, who then goes to china makes them into the new communist superpower killed over 120 million of their own people started the one child or two child i don't even know what it is the policy where you kill your other child all this wonderful crap. And the sick, sick, sick part is. Is the fact that. This has been allowed. 
And we were the ones who allowed it to happen. We set it up. It's a sickness. I got to ask you real quick. I got to I gotta take a break from my rambling here because I'm curious. Can you hear me okay? I'm asking anybody out there, just do a shout out in the chat room quick, whatever it may be. Let me know. Can you hear me all right? Yes, yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was curious. Loud and clear. Rock on Podbean. You definitely got blog talk beat. Okay. So back to Professor Dan, right? So the CIA has installed its puppet in China. Then they move quickly to destabilize Korea, separate the countries, right? Well, separate the country, excuse me. And then North Korea became the fall guy, if you will, for China. Now, don't get me wrong. North Korea is an evil, sick regime. But it became the puppet for China to start all their world, you know, their attacks, their chemical attacks, their economic attacks, or whatever it may be. Their intrusion, their spying, you name it. We were directly involved in setting that up. Japan didn't go along because the Japanese people and the Japanese culture, though they were our enemy, they did not succumb to the New World Order and globalist propaganda. Strange, right? They did originally, of course. They were with Hitler, but it was more a matter of survival for them. They wanted a seat, if you will, at the table in the end. So Japan failed to become that puppet for the one world government, for the, excuse me, the League of Nations then, which became the UN. So Japan moved to freedom. Japan moved to a more Western approach. So we can't have that. So we activated China. We activated, created and activated North Korea. We went to Syria. That Syria in the 1950s and 60s looked like New York City. We started installing our other assets and elements over there, right? Iran, before the Ayatollahs came in, used to be like New York City. But nope, we went and installed them. Let's not forget the CIA also trained up Osama bin Laden and put him to work to kill the Afghan, uh, excuse me, to go to war with the Russians in Afghanistan. So we armed him and trained him, just like we armed and trained Saddam Hussein to fight Iran in Iraq. You see... And that one was always a pisser to me because essentially a lot of spec op missions were to do with setting up these puppet regimes across the world. So not only were American intelligence operatives and assets involved in the mullahs, the ayatollahs and all that taking over in Iran, we were also arming and training Iraq. You see, have to own both sides, right? You have to not pick a winner, but you need to pick a loser and pick a winner with that being interchangeable, but never coming out on the bottom. Because in the end, people ask all the time, who are you talking about when you say they, them, the globalist? Who are you talking about? There is no answer to that because they are not winners. They are not losers. They are the epitome and definition of evil. That's what they are. A triad of absolute evil. 
that embraces and worships and idolizes death and destruction and despair and poverty, destitute. This is what they want because they know as long as they have people poor, as long as they have people reliant upon the governments, reliant upon leaders, reliant upon social welfare, they have control over you. And that's a truth that a lot of people don't want to accept. They have a hard time accepting that. And I hate to break it to you. That's not a Republican view. That's not a Democrat view. That's a realistic viewpoint. That's just called calling it for what it is, which people do not do. Not these days and not for quite some time. It's the honest to God truth. So fast forward into what we have currently. No president, our fake, phony, weak, and feckless Republican presidents we've had before didn't do it. The Democrats sure as hell didn't do it. So China was allowed to rape and manipulate the United States of America almost into submission. And I'm tired of hearing people say, and I never knock co-hosts having difference opinion, differences of opinion with me ever. But I will address certain things either in real time or whenever I get around to it. But whenever people say about how, oh, well, 10 years ago, America was doing great, this, that. No, we were not. America financially was doing horrible. Military was at an all-time low with people not wanting to enlist, getting paid nothing. Poverty was at the highest it's ever been. Unemployment at that point was the highest it's ever been. More people were on welfare system, welfare recipients, whatever the case would be, social services than there were in the workforce. The housing market was destroyed. It was a terrible, terrible existence done by design. Again, they say, oh, the stock market was great under Barack Obama. I'm sure if you call 14 to 15,000, great, right? That's a steady nothing. All the CEOs benefiting off of the hard work of their people while they pay them slave wages and they get rich off of it. That's a whole other economics breakdown. The point I'm trying to make is the country was at one of its lowest points ever. It's because of the George Bush recession. That recession was twofold, created by the Democrats, done while a Republican puppet was in the White House. There was no difference there. They were inner to inner intermingled it just led to the easy win and victory of obama and i hate to break it to the haters i don't give a damn about obama's name i don't give a damn about his religion of choice or not i don't care about any of that crap i could sit there and and go down that rabbit hole all day i don't even waste my time you know why i disliked him because he was a piece of shit president who didn't give a damn about this country didn't give a damn about the people and he showed it in his actions or lack thereof So when then Vice President Biden was making all his sweetheart deals with Xi Jinping, including his son, no, I'm not doing a political campaign ad. I am, again, being guilty of telling the truth, you see, because the truth is so damning and so horrible, right? But he was one of the head people involved in cutting these deals with China, empowering China, Selling more and more and more of our debt to China, giving so many sweetheart deals, allowing them to go into the South China Sea to intrude and impede upon free people everywhere they want. Run roughshod. What are you going to do? 
And I'm not saying this because of people who I know are listening and the people who I don't know that are listening, but I see the numbers later on. We've always had a large following from Japan and the Philippines, notoriously, right? Obviously, America's number one in Ireland and Germany. You know, they're they're right up there. We always had a large fan base, I guess you could call it. I just call them supporters and damn good people. But look at what America, and again, I am not leaving my original point. I'm getting to it shortly, I promise you. You know how I end, how I get, how I do what I do. So, one of America's greatest allies ever, and does not get enough credit, in my opinion, has always been the Philippines, right? Look at what they sacrificed in World War II. Look at how they didn't quit, they didn't surrender. As far as I'm concerned, Great Britain, again, I hate to be that that negative voice here, but they're supposed to be our greatest ally. I will never consider an empire, country, nation, what you want to call it, that used to own us and control us, that we had to go to war with to get our freedom and our independence to be our greatest ally. Sorry, never forgive, never forget. That's just me. Happy to have them as allies, I guess, right? But our greatest ally, no. The Philippines is a, is a country that has always... For years and years and years and years, it's always been special to me, but always intriguing to me because I'm a fan of General Douglas MacArthur. I think he was the greatest military general in American history. And what he did was legendary, obviously, in World War II and what he did for the Philippine people, for the citizens, and how that country fought, bled, died, suffered, and lost everything just in the defense of freedom. But I ask you, what happened to the Philippines after World War II, honestly? What happened? America essentially turned its back on the Philippines. And that was a failure of both political parties. And you look back, I mean, really, during the Bush presidency, Republican, and the Obama presidency, Democrat, look at how the Philippines were treated. So what choice do they have but to try to get help from Russia, from China, from Japan? And you see... The Philippines and Guam and areas like this are seen as kind of like whipping boys, if you will, for the big nations. That's nothing more than a power grab. They fear the resolve and the will and the fight of the Philippine people and their forces because they know historically, just like to this day, Japan technically does not have an active army unless we give them the permission to do so, right? And I know I'm being... I'm I'm fairly accurate there. Somebody can correct me if you if you'd like in the chat room and give me some specs, but I know enough to understand. But still, to this day, the world fears Japan. And the world to a degree fears the Philippines. They fear Hong Kong. They fear Taiwan. But they still continue to move forward trying to grab that freedom, that democracy, whatever you want to call it. They try to take away their freedoms. They want to control them because it's nothing more than a power grab. It's nothing more than what can we take to make our side bigger and better than you, to have more land than you, to have more bases than you. Why? It's about control. It's about world dominance. Control the debt, control the media, control the currency, control the land, control the territory, control the world. That's what they've wanted to do, and that's what America allowed them to do. I am all about people all over the world, and I and I hate to say this, and I'm jumping a little bit here. I've been asked many times by the media when they would do interviews with me, 
you know, and this is going to the illegal immigration question, just getting doing a quick detour here and coming right back. They would ask me, what's my solution for fixing the problem in the South American countries since I'm so opposed to illegal immigration? And my response always was, I don't care. I don't have a response for them because as far as I'm concerned, we had ours in 1776 and you could do the same damn thing. Rise up and take control. It's not our spot, not our place, not our job to protect the world, to save the world, to rebuild the world, to try to rebuild it in our image, which we're always accused of and hated for. And I wish that I wish people would understand that they a lot of people assume America has an, an imperialistic view, right? This God complex. It's really not the case. But too many in politics in this country love the fact that you out there across the world hate this country. They want that. They need that. They need to keep America demoralized, the people beaten, the people withdrawn, and not paying attention. And that is what they did in this country for decades. And the Obama presidency was really spearheading the campaign for the Agenda 21, the takeover of the world government, one world order, not a new world order, a one world order. The U European Union was supposed to be intertwined with the North American Union. It just never came to pass. This is said a lot, and I'll say it here. They never thought she would lose. So once you have a populist, a nationalist, and again, and I respect those who haven't been jumping in the chat room and saying things and making the comments because you know how I get. And if you don't know, when people make dumbass remarks, I will just absolutely slaughter you. Make intelligent remarks, debate intelligently with intellectualism. I'm good. Intellectual debate is a wonderful thing. But usually the remarks are made like you're a racist or this or that. It's so old. It's so tired. So thank you for not doing that. So with a populist and a nationalist coming to power in America, and then prior, really, they talk about Brexit, which I don't know why it got so much credit, because unfortunately, it was still controlled before Trump came became president in the United States of America. It was controlled in Great Britain as well, in the UK. But regardless, Brexit was about empowering the people, not originally, but it became, and now I still question, unfortunately. But even before Brexit, and I'm going back to the Philippines here, you had Duterte become president. The politicians in America do not like Duterte in the Philippines because he's beloved by his people. You see, they like to tell you about how he's a terrorist and he's a dictator and he's this. They will spin the narrative that when somebody we cannot control and isn't part of the plan comes to power, we must demonize, assault, berate, and attack them no matter what. So that is how he's spoken about in this country. So you had Duterte, you had Brexit, right? You had the uprisings beginning in various places across the world, and then you had the election of Donald Trump. And then you had what happened in Brazil with Baldassaro. You had the issues in Venezuela, which I'm not even going to begin to touch because that's another. Unfortunately, the Venezuelan people have been under iron grip of CIA 
trial and error, if you will, for decades, unfortunately. But you're having in Italy and in, in members of the parliament, nationalists rising to power. In France, um, oh God, I think it's Hungary. In Hungary, in Poland, the list goes on and on and on. Regular, everyday people coming into power. Actual populist, actual everyday people starting to get elected into office. So we cannot have that. So when we had all these shots fired across the world, but most notably here in America against President Trump, and he still came out ahead with every evil entity in the world working against him. And he still came out ahead because Again, I don't care if you like how he speaks, you like how he tweets, you like what he does, like what he says. I don't care. One thing I laugh at, he's a liar. Really? If anything, he's too honest. Me personally, I love it. He doesn't play the, po the political game. Not to his benefit. People will say otherwise, but it's not true. So he kept beating the attacks against him, right? So the shootings weren't working. ISIS wasn't working. Syria didn't work. Iran didn't work. We didn't get the war in Israel when he moved the, the embassy, right? We'll touch on that another day as well. We did not get what we wanted. Not we, meaning us, meaning the globalists, the one-worlders, the elite that want the total control and manipulation of all people and population reduction. So when everything failed... They needed a new patsy. They needed a new thing to fall back on. And what did they do? What did they use? The freaking coronavirus. Do you realize how stupid it is when we say it's important to stay inside? It's important to quarantine, to wear masks, to socially distance because... We stand a 0.0000001% chance of dying from this pandemic. Does that sound stupid to you as well? Because it certainly does to me, but so many people blindly go along with it, right? Do you understand how bad it is when I say this pandemic is going to have a survivability ratio of... 99.8%, but it's the end of the world. Does it sound stupid yet? Does it sound idiotic yet? I hope that it does. They needed something that would absolutely cripple the world. And believe me, they did not think this would be the one. They did not think COVID-19 was going to be that thing to cripple not just America, but the world. They didn't think that. If anything, I believe the official narrative, which is quite pathetic, I believe that to a slight, slight degree that it accidentally got out. It didn't accidentally get out. It just wasn't ready for prime time yet. I think it was nothing more than a, let's fire it out there and see what we can get. Because believe me, it wasn't about a bat. It wasn't about a uh, market in Wuhan. We all know where it really comes from, and I'm sure I'll get to that later or the next show because we've spoken about it countless times. So you put it out there, and we know that China doesn't think twice about killing their own people. <laughs> hey, that's all good, right? They'll sacrifice anybody. They do not care. 
And then something magical happened. The media came on board. Politicians came on board. And they started selling it to you across the world. The World Health Organization, the United Nations, and European Union, and all the global elite just started selling it to you. They figured, let's try. Let's try. And lo and behold, so many people took the bait. How sad is that? How sad is that? How sad is it that people are out of work? Again, nobody talks about this. Nobody brings this up, and it bothers me. If you claim to be, and, and I'm speaking to the left here, the humanitarians, right? You claim to love the world so much, to care about the little person so much. You know, you care about the people from the third world so much. Again, do you realize that they estimate not tens, but over a hundred million people in the third world will die every year when the first world falls because of this worldwide depression, economic depression caused by your forced pandemic. But that's okay. Because when the first world falls, every other country suffers. But you see why nobody cares about that? The UN actually said it. I was surprised. They must have screwed up that day. The UN actually brought up those statistics. Mind-boggling, isn't it? But you see, in the end, they want population control. They want population reduction. They always have, and they always will. So they're getting what they want either way. So... People losing their houses, can't feed their families, can't provide health care for their families, can't do anything, crippled in fear by COVID-19. And the world stops. But whose economy is open again? Whose economy was absolutely destroyed before COVID-19 was ever a thing? Why? Because we finally had an elected president that held them accountable and destroyed them with tariffs and broke them and broke their economy. They had to drop their tax to 0%. Do you know how pathetic that is? They were so desperate to keep the businesses because they were coming back to America. So they had to do something. So right when they broke down and had that pandemic clause, that out clause in their trade deal with President Trump, this magically happened, right? And China is the epicenter. China is where it's all shut down, boarded up, everything, right? But whose economy opened after three weeks while the rest of the world's economy is shut down? Except for places like Sweden and Thailand, but we don't talk about them. We're supposed to pretend like they don't exist, that herd immunity isn't real, that those people aren't fine and had less deaths then. We don't talk about that. We have to ignore them. They didn't go along with the plan. So the world suffers, the world dies off of one controlled narrative. And like I've said, yes, the virus is real because it was created in 2011. It was spliced in 2012 and 13. It was brought to trial in 2015 and released for world consumption in 2019. There you go. And I still don't think it was in its final phase, might I add. But regardless, that's, that's what does it in, does the world in. 
That's what shuts down everyone because there were too many populists, too many nationalists across the world coming into prominence, coming into power, bringing back and restoring faith in their governments to their citizens, right? Empowering their people. We can't have that. We have to control them. We have to kill them. This is the weakest attempt to shut down the world, but most successful attempt that this world has ever seen. They, and again, one life is too many. My heart goes out to anybody who lost somebody because of COVID-19, right? But my heart also goes out to the literally hundreds of other things that are more deadly right now and have been than COVID-19 to anybody who loses their life. It's heartbreaking. It's a horrible thing. But this is the best they've got? This was not supposed to happen. Not like this. Not like this. This was not the final stage. But now, wake up. The world is crippled in fear. When would they launch the next attack? Very soon. Why not? Everybody's expecting more, right? They fear the magical second wave. Yes, the second wave of COVID-19. It killed the flu. It killed heart attacks. It killed car accidents. It killed shootings. It killed everything else in America. All other causes of death ceased to exist because now everybody dies of COVID-19. Democrats had a bad day. 10,000 more dead in New York City. Three days later, in the liberal news media, right? The liberal news media, 7,000 of them, 8,000 of them, 9,000 of them weren't actually tested for COVID, but they were listed as a COVID-19 death. Okay, that's okay. Just accept it. No problem. Nothing to see here, right? Wake up. Wake up. So now COVID-19 is going to return in November. Magically, the flu is going to return to amazing, isn't it? But remember, the vaccine will save you from COVID-19, just like the vaccine for the flu saves you from the flu, right? Oh, no, it actually hasn't, has it? No. But you pump poison into yourself every year thinking it's going to be your end all be all, right? And they've actually scientifically proven that if you have the flu shot, you're more susceptible to COVID-19. So kudos to you for being good boys and girls and lining up and getting your needles and getting your shots. And in some places, some places, sadly, they're forced to get these shots, these vaccines. That's a sickness. There's something wrong with that. But not enough people question it because those who do are labeled as the crazies, right? There's something wrong with them because they question the narrative. They question the theories. They question the science because science would never lie to us. I estimate the world has ended about what? At least 45 times. First, it was global cooling. Then it was global warming. Then it was this and that. The world's going to be gone by 2000, gone by 2006, gone by 2012, gone by 2015, gone by 2020. But yet we blindly follow these people and we listen to these people as if they preach gospel. How dumb are we? How dumb are we? Okay. We're at one hour. I'm going to take a quick break here and play music for about a minute or two and then come back. See, it goes by quickly. 
I'm going to I'm going to move on to other topics shortly. Close out the COVID thing and then move on to a couple other things semi related. So stick with me. I hope I'm not boring you all to death. I know this is kind of like, again, Professor Dan trying to teach you some things or talk about certain things that you don't exactly hear all the time. But hey, it's a unique thing. Not many people can do what I'm doing here. Some can, some can't. It's a challenge, but I enjoy it because, as I said, this is talk therapy for me. So I will be back shortly. Enjoy the lovely and wonderful musings of the Podbean built-in music machine. Please do me a favor and share this if you so desire. I don't even know how you do it. I don't know enough about Podbean to know how to do it. But please, share it. Invite people. Engage the chat room. Whatever you'd like. I'll be back in two minutes. There's got to be a way to get better music in. There has to be. Because this music really doesn't suit me at all. And now is a great time to bring up to the world that very soon here on the Podbean side, on the VOP network side of what we're doing here at Voice of the People USA, which worldwide will just be VOP network. We're going to have a lot of different show hosts. We're going to have a lot of variety. The way it works, I'm going to give you a little breakdown here before I start talking about me, right? Talking about me, getting back into my subject matter, if you will. Okay, there you go. Try to save myself there. <laughs> Voice of the People USA Radio, the public channel here, in the network style, will be the place you go to for politics, political viewpoints, the big, the flagship show. 
We're going to be launching a second Voice of the People USA radio show on Tuesday nights on Podbean. We're still going to have the three-hour show on Thursday nights right now on Blog Talk Radio, which will inevitably migrate over to Podbean, right? We're going to have different political shows like The Uncensored Truth with Mike Jacobson doing a libertarian point of view. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's in the middle, and he just goes for truth. And it's a whole different feel, different vibe, but could still be considered political. We have a lot of different hosts with a lot of different political views. And all that will be found on the Voice of the People USA public channel. That side of the network will be dedicated to politics, everything politics, politics all day. On the VOP network side of things, we're going to have hosts from all over the world take part. And I'm very, very happy to announce this and to talk about this and to bring this up. We're going to have hosts doing singing shows, shows about open discussions, community forum style shows. We're going to have hosts from the Philippines. We're going to have hosts from South Korea. We're going to have one host that I know of right now from Japan. We're going to have hosts from Germany, from Ireland, from Austria, from Australia, all over the world. It's called VOP Network because VOP USA worldwide would sound pretty stupid. So that's what we're doing here. We're going to bring you a, a brand that's a one-stop shop, if you will, for anything and everything that you'll be able to go to one destination site, one destination network, and hear anything and everything. If you want to hear politics, there's a place for you. You want to hear a leftist viewpoint? You can go there. You want to hear a forum where we discuss everything and nothing nothing is censored, nothing is held back. You go to the flagship show, the VOP radio show with the multiple co-hosts, different viewpoints, different opinions, talking about anything and everything. You want to hear right-wing things. If Harvey's doing his show, The Uncensored Conservative, you can get a right-wing viewpoint from that, that show. You see, we're going to have variety and we're going to make it readily available and on demand and live for the world. And then on the network side, You'll have the opportunity to just see a whole new slew of shows. Whole new slew? Doesn't even make sense. Hopefully you get what I'm talking about. You'll have a lot of different options. It'll be fun. It'll be engaging with dynamic hosts. And I, and I honestly, I look forward to it. I look forward to it because I'm not, I'm not naive and I'm not unappreciative of all the support we've had over the years because this has not been easy to build up. And it didn't come fast because it didn't sell out. I would never sell out. So it took a long time, a lot of hard work. And yes, it costs a lot of money, but it's worth it to build a brand, to build an alternative, to build a network that's going to consist of more than just a one-sided, one narrow-minded viewpoint. It's going to be open to everyone. Because in this day and age, we have nonstop censorship, nonstop unpersoning, shadow banning, removal of people from social media, from YouTube, from Twitter, whatever it may be. As long as we are allowed to continue to thrive and operate, we will be a forum, a place, a home for free speech, where freedom of expression, freedom of speech worldwide applies here. That's the important thing to note. This is where people can legitimately come and be a part of something different. And that's what I wanted to build. And that's what's actually launching. And I'm proud of that. 
I'm proud of the fact that we may have our show running live on a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or a Monday night, having a live political show. And then if you don't want to hear that, you could flip to channel two and you'll hear a live show that has singing, talking about movie, whatever it is. I love that. This is, this is something uniquely different. And I want to build that honest to God community. And that's what we're bringing you. That's what all the work, the time, and the effort has gone to, and we're there. So I'm grateful to the support we've had from all over. The first time I had a news story printed about me in Japan, in the Philippines, and in uh, 2007, in Germany, it blew my mind. Why would Why would the international community be covering me holding a rally, protesting something, doing something, you know? A little potent, a little edgy, but it was being covered worldwide. It was it was really cool to me. It was really cool to me. And I was honored that it happened. So it's my way of showing the world community that has followed us for all these years that you are not appreciated because you are. And I'm going to be really excited when we launch our shows internationally. And I don't mean ours. I mean with international hosts coming on board. It's going to be fun. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. So that's what this is. On Podbean, you will see, like I said, the two channels, VOP Network and Voice of People USA Radio. And that's the breakdown of the two, if you will. And of course, because I have to do station ID, I had to get used because we're going to be launching our sponsors and ad, ad buys in June. So I have to start getting getting acclimated to this but i am dan spariglio and i am the founder of voice of the people usa and voice of the people usa radio and voice of the people usa radio can be found at vopusaradio.com vopusaradio.com you can find us on twitter at vopusa radio you can find us on youtube for however long that lasts at voice of the people usa radio you can find us on Facebook, Fascist Book, for the many who know me, at Voice of the People USA Radio fan page. Give us a like. Give us a follow. I'm not a fan of social media, but, hey, I'd appreciate the support, obviously. You could find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcast, Podcast One, uh, Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash VOPUSA Radio, obviously, BlogTalkRadio.com slash VOP USA and everywhere else you could find podcasts. We are there. We are on just about every forum out there that hosts podcasts. And I'm honored by that. And I'm also honored that we have a lot of international distribution going on with the age of radio network. Soon a big announcement is coming about another affiliate or that's going to actually be airing our shows both live and on demand. I'm excited about that. Probably going to make that announcement on Thursday's episode. So there's a lot happening, a lot taking place, and it's pretty cool. With that, time to move on. What I was saying with regards, and I'm going to wrap this part up at least, with regards to the COVID-19. Understand that it was deliberate, it was intentional, and it was done by design. Never, ever, ever lose sight of that. 
This is not the end of the world. It is merely a bump in the road that they created to try to control you and manipulate you, and they've been successful. You can't just hurt America. You have to hurt the prosperity of freedom-loving people, nationalists, populists all over the world, and they found a way to do it in the weakest possible way. But when everybody's bought in, they're allowed to thrive and succeed. And I'm not I, – and I hate to be this person. Because, again, my heart goes out to anybody who suffers, anybody who has lost a loved one. But let's be brutally honest here because I can never be that person to be so naive to sit back and believe everything that I see on TV, everything I read in a newspaper, or like most, if I see it on the Internet, it's got to be true, right? I hate to break it to you, but if you're one of those people – you have a lot of learning and a lot of growing up to do or a lot of expanding of the mind, if you will. Understand that everything is manipulated. And before I get into this, I don't have to do this. And it's kind of funny that I'm going to do it. I always get a rise out of this. But it's important to note that even though I started Voice to the People USA, the activist group, and Voice to the People USA radio, and the Voice of People USA and VOP Network, still in fairness and respect to all involved, my viewpoints and opinions do not reflect Voice of the People worldwide, Voice of the People USA, Voice of the People USA Radio as a whole. These are my opinions, my thoughts, my viewpoints, and only mine. So it's important for me to state that. Okay. I've done my due diligence. So I hear people try to justify that everything they're saying is true because they know someone who had COVID-19 and they were put on a ventilator. So that makes it real. Are we naive enough to ignore how much money is paid to hospitals per every COVID-19 designation around the world? Do we ignore the fact that it's been exposed in liberal media, conservative media, independent media about the, what, the $30,000 bonus? Yes, people paid extra to put people on ventilators. And people say, that doesn't happen. Really? Do you not think the medical industry as a whole would be so sick. It's a disturbing reality. And people need to understand that evil is involved everywhere and anywhere. There's an opportunity to make money and to capitalize off of sickness, pain, suffering, and death. And that's exactly what's happened here. It's the sad truth. So when I hear people trying to justify what's gone on by simply using that as an excuse, I question the intelligence of the person. I know it's a horrible thing to do and it's not a nice thing to say, but a designation by a hospital, a designation by a doctor 
is not the end-all, be-all explanation or concrete evidence that such a thing is as real as they say it is or as wide, far-reaching, and as bad as they say it is. Because these entities profit off of you dying, profit off of you being sick, profit off of the unhealthiness of a world, a populace worldwide. I'm reading something here, so I apologize if I come across distracted, but you know, it, it blows my mind when I receive pe people like to send me and, and thank you. I appreciate the involvement of uh, so many of you out there sending me videos and sending me stories as I do these shows live. I love that. And sometimes I don't always get to them and I, I do apologize for that, but I do see them and I am thankful for them. It's another video of nurses and doctors dancing and doing their TikTok videos and doing their Twitch videos and everything in these hospitals that are supposedly so overrun and crippled in in disease and destruction and death by the COVID-19, right? I've spoken about this time and time again, and I'll continue to say this over and over and over again because it needs to be said, but doctors and nurses they do a job they went to school to do a job some do a great job some are absolutely horrible and some are absolute whores of the major medical industries and the pharmaceutical companies they're absolute vile disgusting bastards that are servants and slaves to a system that enriches them enriches their friends enriches their families enriches their unions that's the truth and i don't feel bad saying it some are good people some are pieces of trash that's the truth, okay? But when I see this, this overwhelming campaign, again, and I, I'm still talking about COVID. How can we not talk about COVID, right? I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. But here I am still on this same subject. And I apologize to you out there because I really didn't want to talk about this so long. But it needs to be said. And it can never be said enough, all right? These commercials, these campaigns, these hashtags, these videos, all of this was not done last minute. It was done in advance. This was a calculated, concocted, and deliberate worldwide rollout of such catchphrases as the new normal. Um, our first responders are, no, excuse me, how dare I say that? the real heroes the nurses and doctors first responders now you only get you only get honorable mention who are you minimum wage 10 12 an hour firefighters and emts that go out there and actually put your life in the line to help people and some a lot don't even get paid to do it you don't rank we need to raise money for the doctors and nurses all over you see these commercials, these hashtag campaigns. Hashtags are done to dumb down things for a dumbed down population because they've so easily manipulated and mind controlled a worldwide population that it's easier for them to do. So they got to speak down to you. Okay. Just saying. So we have campaigns to raise money, raise money for doctors and nurses. Yes. Doctors and nurses need your money. So what if they make 80, 100, 200, 300, 500,000 a year? They need your money because they're real heroes doing the job that they went to school and trained to do. Wow. And the hospitals that are so overrun, except they're not. 
the hospitals that are shutting down are furloughing nurses and doctors because they don't have enough patients to keep them busy and keep them open. But I thought the hospitals were all overrun and destroyed by COVID-19. The pandemic was killing the world, right? Except they didn't have the beds. Oh, wait, they had enough beds. They just couldn't fill the beds. But why? I thought millions upon millions are all going to die. Nope. Deliberate. Now give them money. And by doing so, and this deliberate campaign to run down the real people out there working, the truck drivers that supply, I, I brought this up and I will bring this up again and again and again. I don't care if it's in North America, South America, in Europe, in Asia, truck drivers are the ones that keep nations moving. They are the real heroes. They're the ones that all these hospitals use their supplies because they a truck driver brought them there. Okay. And pilots, you're right, captains of ships, cargo ships, truck drivers, they're the actual core and the backbone of a world economy. They're the ones that keep everybody going, keep everything moving, keep everything sustained. What do they get? Honorable mention in a McDonald's ad that will give you a free what looks to be a happy meal. How sweet. Knowing from driving the roads that rest stops in America are basically shut down. And if they are open, there's porta potties and you can't get a drink and you can't get snacks. So truck drivers have to work longer hours. Now, mostly un unload their own loads. You know, they have to do it all themselves because nobody wants to get near a truck driver, especially because they may have COVID-19. So they're doing all the work, working extra hours, going nonstop away from their families for weeks and months on end. And they can't even stop and get a drink from a vending machine at many, many rest stops. And I've seen many. I just drove recently down to North Carolina and back up. You know how many rest areas were closed or were limited? How disgusting. How bad we treat people. They don't matter, right? They don't matter. They're not essential. Well, they are essential. They're not the real heroes. Or again, the EMTs, the paramedics that make crap money. Or the EMTs and paramedics that make no money, that volunteer, the firefighters that are out there every day. The true first line defenders, right? The first line people, the first call, the first responders, the, the true, true, true heroes. Nobody cares about them. Again, maybe, honorable mention, maybe, if you're lucky. No, no. We have to keep giving money to <laughs> doctors and nurses. Oh, and lest we forget, the restaurant industry is suffering. So let's donate to the restaurant industry. Yes, the restaurant industry that you crippled. So let's give more money to the big box stores, the big box restaurants. They need your money, right? How disgusting. How disgusting how they've completely contorted and perverted a narrative and just switched it around. And they blatantly do this. They blatantly slap you in the face. And I, and I talk about this all the time. I do, I do, I do. But they slap you in the face with their disdain and disgust and their hatred for you, for we the people, for the regular workers, for the people who work in the hotels, who work in the restaurants, that actually work to provide. And they don't get a lot of money, but they work to provide for their families, for themselves, to maintain some semblance of insurance, right? They don't matter. They're expendable. In order to protect a few million, hundreds of millions, and billions worldwide need to suffer. They want to break 
your spirit. They want you to understand, to feel always and forever that you are nothing unless they tell you that you are. They don't appreciate you. World governments, most governments do not appreciate the worker. Who is any government anywhere across the world? And I do not blame the people like figureheads, presidents, if they have to go along with a narrative but are surrounded by their own versions of a deep state like here, I don't hold them ultimately responsible. I just hope they break that paradigm and actually, when given the opportunity, expose the truth and the evil, even though most should be intelligent enough to see it playing out right in front of them. So with that, no government no person can tell you or your family or your friends that you're essential and the person next to you is not. Unless you are God Almighty. Who the hell do they think they are? The arrogance of man, the arrogance of evil to tell you that you are allowed to live, you're allowed to eat, you're allowed to work, you're allowed to be healthy, or you're allowed to die. Who are they? Again, I talk about it often for those who don't know. That old Twilight Zone episode. I always bring this up because it's the most perfect time to do so. The obsolete man. I ask you all, go on the evil YouTube and look it up. Check it out. Check out the clip. Watch or watch the whole episode. You could do that too. And see how it applies to what's going on now, anywhere in the world. Because I assure you, it's scary. The movie 1984, about control, about controlling the narrative, that one worldview, changing history instead of learning from history, changing the narratives after the fact, changing the very way you live, you think, you spell, you type, you add you eat, you love, you hate, you desire. That's what that movie was about. A globalist utopia. Look at that. Watch that movie. If you haven't done so, watch the movie, 1984, and see how it plays in to what's going on right now, almost anywhere in the world. It's sick, and it's by design. So, I could really hammer this point home for the next hour and a half I so desired because I could talk about this all the time, constantly and nonstop. But I want to move on to something that's still kind of related, but it brings me, it brings me a sense of joy to talk about Dumb people posting dumb things online and then trying to tell you how smart they are. The virtue signal signalers, if you will, the social justice warriors, the heroes of the world, the ones who are irrelevant, but think that they matter more than you. The ones that say that their opinion is gospel. No facts, no nothing, just their opinion. I saw somebody on fascist book, post something about how I may not agree with the narrative that's going on about COVID-19, but I also don't agree 
with those people who like to preach and post about how they don't wear a mask. Now, let me say this. If you're posting online about how you're not wearing a mask, you're just as bad as the ones who post about them wearing a mask. Okay? It's stupid. You're doing it for attention, right? We all have our moments where we get angry, but do you really need to to put it out there for to, to feign acceptance and love from the masses? That's sad. Come on. So, I digress. Somebody posted and said that even though I don't agree, I wear a mask because it's the patriotic thing to do. Wearing a mask makes you a good American, makes you a patriotic American, makes you a safe American and a good person. And people who don't wear masks, they're not patriotic. And illegal immigrants or aliens, whichever you prefer, illegals are more patriotic than them because at least they contribute something to society. There, I read it verbatim. Okay, let's unpack that. First, you're a dumbass idiot, okay? Everybody's entitled to opinion, and you could sound as stupid as you want, as intelligent as you want, whatever, but you're just a sheer dumbass, okay? I swear, definitely makes you a sheep. You are a special, 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 special kind of moron. First off, illegals are more patriotic. Illegals are just that. They are criminals raping our system and taking food off your table. They contribute more to society. I ask you where. And again, for the haters, I say illegal. You give illegal a race when you criticize me. So that makes you a hypocrite. And that's done in advance because I always get comments after the fact when I talk about illegals. All right. Understand, understand that illegals contribute nothing but degradation and destruction to society. When I see a happy post online about I'm a dreamer and now I'm a lawyer, do you think I feel warm and fuzzy about that? It sickens me. It sickens me that somebody can break the law upon arrival. And I'm not just talking about from South America, okay? I'm talking about from anywhere in the world can come here illegally, take advantage of our system, take advantage of our tax dollars and go to school, free ride, free medical, free everything. While veterans are dying in the streets, while while people struggle and suffer and die every day, go through hell and agony, can never get ahead. (laughs) honestly they get a free pass and then we're supposed to celebrate when dreamers dreamers aka my mommy and daddy came here legally and i was an anchor baby and here i am on that's and i'm sure somebody out there will say how mean that sounds it's just factually accurate you come here legally you have your child here and and you know you know how the story goes. Now I sound like Biden, huh? <laughs> it's sick thing. Or we see the illegals, you know, with their with their wonderful, wonderful postings, and literally they're, they're celebrating and they're getting they're getting cheered on by their community. How great it is that this illegal or child thereof they now have a law degree. Do you have a law degree? 
You know how much debt they have? You know how much school debt they have? Nothing. Paid for by we the people. You proud of that? Are you happy about that? Sick thing. It's sickening on so many levels. But to say that illegals contribute more and are better patriots to America than those people who choose not to wear masks. Well, again, there's just no nice way of really making it stick and really putting it out there. Just how stupid you truly are. Do you think men and women in the military are proud of what's happened to this country? Do you think that, and we're not going to talk about the wars because believe me, I'm no supporter or fan thereof of wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, you know, you know, my viewpoints, a lot of, you know, my viewpoints and others soon will about the wonders of our Middle Eastern wars that never end. Right. So we fight people who cover their faces and burqas and, you know, hijabs right <laughs> do you realize less people cover their faces there than currently do in the united states of america do you realize that you you sit there and you make excuses and you try to be virtuous and you try to sell to the world that you are doing the right thing the patriotic thing while being obedient and being a slave do you understand the hypocrisy of that why do soldiers fight? And I'm not talking about the governments that put them into false wars and fake wars and all that other crap. I'm talking about the individual man or woman that legitimately signs up, enlists in the military. Do you really think they enlisted because they want to go fight for a country to be obedient and to silence themselves, to quarantine themselves, to listen to what the world tells them rather than their own hearts and their own minds, right? No, 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 no. We have to sacrifice our freedoms. We have to sacrifice our civil liberties. And again, you get those people like that idiot on Facebook who wrote that, that you complain when we give up our rights in the name of safety and health. But it's only temporary. How stupid can you be? How naive can you be? If freedom truly dies here, and... This isn't my American exceptionalism talking here. This is just an honest, honest opinion. If all freedoms truly die here, the world will be fallen in no time. And every day we're giving it away. We're giving it away constantly and consistently. We are allowing a system. We are allowing, they say the faceless, invisible enemy. Oh, they're invisible. But you can also find them. Do a little bit of research on the World Health Organization, the UN, the European Union. Find out the faces and names of the people that run it. And those are your masters. And Bill Gates and the world like that, you know, those wonderful souls, they are your masters. They are the enemy of freedom, of living, of health, of safety, of liberty. We surrender our rights. We surrender our ability to work, to feed, to go out to drive we surrender who we are as a human being in the name of what you see when this all began face masks weren't mandatory everybody thinks they were no no they weren't 
social distancing was. And again, as I say all the time, they need six feet of separation so the drones can get you properly for the facial recognition. Okay? And please prove that wrong. I, I defy anyone. Please tell me that's not the case. You can't. So when it all began, people didn't have to wear masks. Hell, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks here in America even told you wearing masks are only done to make you feel good about yourself. They actually don't prevent anything. And they laughed about it. I love sharing that video. And a month later, there they are wearing their mask. When the narrative is broken and not well rehearsed, the truth slips out and mistakes are made. And that's exactly what this has been all across the world. And people are blind to it or naive to it. And I ask you why? So when it all happened, people were talking to other people. People were communicating with other people, having random conversations at stores, at gas stations, random talks, unity. A sense of community was forming, like unlike anything you've ever seen before. People angry about what was going on, the shortages, the lack of food in the stores and everything else, right? They were upset. And what's funny, I like to bring this up every now and again because I'm, I'm a realist. What about the people that don't know what it is to suffer and go without? We see shortages here and the world is ending. But what about the people elsewhere around the world that already have next to nothing and have that taken away from them? Doesn't that matter to you? And I'm as patriotic as they come, but doesn't that matter to you? We don't think about that, do we? Sad. But us bad people who question everything and question the narrative, we actually do. I digress. So people were talking to people. We need this country divided. We need this country of Trump supporters and non-Trump supporters, racist and non-racist. We need everybody at each other constantly. So how is the coronavirus bringing people together? It's not good. So what do we do? Put them in masks. Make it mandatory. That'll get people mad. That'll get people angry. Did me. And it's a way to prevent people from talking to other people, to make you afraid of your neighbor, afraid of your family, afraid of your friends, afraid of anything, afraid to breathe the air outside, afraid of the very thing that could actually make you healthy and heal you, the sun, vitamin D, you fear it. The only way to stay healthy is to isolate yourself and stay in a house, get no exercise from gyms, get no vitamin D, no sunlight. Stay inside, lock yourself down. That'll make you healthy. Anyone who is dumb enough to actually believe that. Well, I'm not going to say what I really want to say, but you are special kind of stupid. It's by design. They are literally removing people online, doctors and nurses, removing them off the internet off YouTube, removing them everywhere if they dare preach facts. Talk about what they've seen. They've seen nothing with regards to COVID and all the advice and the mask and everything. Again, Cedar sinai medical, right? Very prestigious medical system. 
But now these doctors and these specialists, and these surgeons are evil because they came out and said that everything you're telling you to do is wrong. The mask wearing is wrong. It does nothing except make you sicker. They spoke about the lack of cases, the lack of people with COVID-19 and how social distancing does not work and how herd immunity is exactly what's needed. And then they get disappeared online, right? But they also made mention to the actual numbers of relevance, how many children are getting molested and raped across this country, increased numbers, sexual assaults, abuse domestic violence, suicides, higher numbers than COVID, but we don't talk about them, right? It's why I yell. It's what I say over and over and over again. And this is yet again me repeating something for the five millionth time. It's because they want you controlled, afraid, locked away, incapable of questioning anything and actually believing blindly what they tell you and they want you to die they need you to die the sooner people start to understand that and the sooner people start to wake up to the reality of what's around them this isn't a conspiracy theorist talking this is a regular person who has seen a lot of things in his life a lot of things woke me up made me question everything many, many years ago. But it took me a while as well to truly come around and see it for what it actually is. I assure you, this is all by grand design. This is all intentional. And it is up to you. It is up to you. If you heard a noise in the background, my dog is laying against my heater and he was scratching and it made a hell of a hell of a sound there. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but that's what it was. It's my doggy is my co-host. Anyway. All of this. It was planned out. It was plotted. I mean, how many people really talk about the Netflix documentary from last year? I'm curious if people actually bring this up. I wonder if anybody in the chat room knows about it. Some of you may because you've listened to the other shows. But, you know, I ask you, do does anybody talk about the, what was it? The Pandemic 201, I think it was called, or 201 Pandemic or whatever it was. I don't exactly know the name because I certainly didn't watch it. But I know that it exists. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation put out a documentary on Netflix discussing a pandemic in the event of a coronavirus affecting the entire world and how mandatory vaccines for every single citizen of the world will be the only way to save the world from said pandemic. Isn't it magical how that came out just months before COVID-19 was released on the world? But no, right? There's nothing to see there. There's nothing to see there at all. And I'm the I'm the idiot for bringing that up, right? I'm the bad person. I'm the conspiracy theorist because I I dare question that. But that's okay. That's okay. Let's be so ignorant and to actually just say it's random, right? Or like I speak about and have spoken about the movie Contagion from 2011. You know, the many, many movies they make where the whole world has to die and China comes and saves the world because China is a great and honorable and noble country that loves their people and loves you. 
as long as you don't have more than one child and you know they could anyway <laughs> but you know we don't talk about the movie studios that make these movies being owned by china right but the movie contagion was especially entertaining because it was all about a mystery invisible sickness that was spread by people touching their face and magically it too came from a bat in china and mixed with h1n i love it i love it and in that movie the talking points and the pandemic and the press conferences and all the fake crap that movie had in it magically is almost everything verbatim that you hear today when discussing covid-19 people i don't know how to say it to you and some of you will always consider me crazy some of you will always think that i'm just going alex jones level you know the, the sad truth is they do dry runs. They literally put out movies with certain narratives and certain theories just to generate a reaction, to watch the reaction. How do people like the movie? Did it sell well? Contagion is doing great now. You know, nine years later, it's making bank. And you had the little liberal Hollywood stars come out and talk about how Oh, well, there's nothing There's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. That movie had no relevance or no bearing on what's going on today. Listen, famous singers, actors, actresses, for the most part, about 96% of you are the most naive, moronic, asinine, worthless waste of human life I've ever seen. You are empty vessels. You are puppets. You have a rod up your ass and strings Making you dance. You are wonderful little servants to whatever your bosses, your handlers, and your owners tell you to say. And a lot of us, a lot of us out there in the world no longer give two shits about what a famous singer or a famous actor has to say about anything. Because pretty much view you for the worthless bastards that you are. I digress again. These things are done in advance to actually test the public's reaction, to put it out there, hoping that people will pay attention, but not really pay attention too much because they want to see what the internal reaction is. You know, how the public will question a movie or question a book or question this. It's literally done by design. And it's been done time and time and time again. People, I don't know how to nicely say it. And I and I feel like all I do is repeat myself. But sometimes you have to. You have no choice, right? Because eventually enough people will hear and they'll start to question and ask things. Well, ask their own questions. But start to wonder about things and look a little bit deeper. You just kind of reach that one person who talks to somebody else and the cycle of life continues, right? Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Truth matters and truth is out there. You just have to be strong enough and have enough willpower to not only fight for it, but to understand it, to see it, and to speak about it. All of the evils we see perpetuated on the world. And I honestly, I don't know of how many, how many we could even say realistically that are just a natural occurrence. And I do question everything. How can you not? I mean, let's 
let's bounce back a little bit here. And this is also declassified. And again, please prove me wrong if I'm if I miss I say this all the time. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I don't want to be right. I don't say this to be right. I don't do these podcasts, these radio shows, these interviews for the hope of being proven correct. I want to be proven wrong because the truth is horrifying. But in the 40s, in the 40s, a hurricane was coming towards the East Coast. We dropped the bomb in the center of it and the hurricane went away. This was also declassified. Do I remember the name of it? No, but believe me, you do a little bit of research. You too can find out about this. They don't want you to talk about it. They don't want you to read about it. They don't want you to see it. They were able to legitimately control weather in the 40s. And they haven't done it since because they, quote, don't want to play God. That's ripe. So you even have to question such things as weather. And I'm not just being some psycho nut here talking about random things that go through my uh, my sick head. I'm speaking about things that could be actually proven. That's what's scary. When the truth is passed off as conspiracy, when the truth is passed off and overlooked as just some ranting idiot somewhere saying something just to pass time and generate a reaction, that's how I'm supposed to be viewed. That's how you're supposed to be viewed if you do such a thing. When in reality, three minutes of research will actually back up the things I'm talking about. You see, they need the truth and people who seek the truth to be marginalized because they need the narrative constantly covered like a mask on your face. So... We're coming up to the second break shortly. <laughs> Time goes by quick, huh? To that person on Facebook who wrote that that moronic post. Wearing a mask doesn't make you a patriot. Wearing a mask doesn't make you a hero. Wearing a mask makes you, whether willingly or unwillingly, a member of society trying to survive either at the weakest possible extent of it by blindly going along with it and you're happy about wearing a mask and you're happy about staying away from everybody you know and love that makes you excited because you feel like you're doing the virtuous thing. You're saving the world. You're the sheep and you're the ones that are the cancer and the true virus that's afflicting this entire world. And then you have the other side. In order to buy the groceries or to go where you need to go in life, you're told you have to put the mask on. And some of us, <laughs> some of us will fight that power and question authority and challenge them because it's fun. Because they can't back up via law, at least in America, their draconian measures. But at the end of the day, what do you do? Sometimes you have no choice because you need to get gas or you need to buy milk or buy food, whatever. I need to go to the drugstore and the drive-thru is closed. 
closed and I can't pick up medication unless I put a mask on. Those, I think we're all guilty of falling into that trap, falling into that, that wave, if you will. Because what do you do? So to sit there and applaud it, to sit there and say that the ones who post about not wearing are non-patriotic and those who do are patriotic, you are do it's projection. You are literally doing the same thing that you're accusing what you're doing it yourself. Do you see how stupid people can be? Do you see how naive a population can be when they think that their opinion matters more than anybody else's? Listen. I realize I'm talking about other people's opinions while I'm doing a solo podcast on a Saturday night, two hours in. The difference is I'm not somebody who wants to be proven correct. I want to be proven wrong. I'm not somebody who's saying my opinion is the only opinion. I'm somebody saying to all of you out there to not think like I do, but think for yourself. Think logically. Look deeper, look further, expand your thinking. For the ones who share things on social media would be the, the need, that urge where they have to be proven correct or validated via likes or hearts or whatever it may be. That makes them feel special. That makes them feel love. That makes them feel normal and part of society. Those are the most dangerous people in the world, sadly, because they're so weak and they're so fallen that they've accepted that as a the necessary way to live your life, to be, to exist, that you need that to exist. It's sad. It's legitimately sad. When we post things and attack one side or the other, we're doing what they want. We're doing the bidding. I don't care if this is America, if this is Germany, if this is Japan, wherever it may be. If we fall into that trap and we condemn this one for not doing what we do and we look at them and we all do it, we're all guilty of it. Not everybody is all loving and all consuming and you know has the light of God in them 24-7. Don't be hypocrites. But. When we do such a thing, when we finger point, we are legitimately empowering the ones who are our new slave masters. We're empowering. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Our captors are now our love interest. We love those who hurt us. We love those who control us. We love those who enslave us. They need a world divided to be a world distracted, to be a population completely and totally under control. Your self-worth doesn't matter. Do you realize that? Do you see that for what it is? They don't want you to have your God-given ability, your God-given right. Freedom of will. Oh, oh, oh. Saying it wrong. Excuse me. We can all be who we choose to be. We could all become the person we desire. We have 
that freedom, that God-given freedom to be who we want to be. He gave us that, right? For the non-religious folk out there, think a little bit. Think a bit. Think, think about what drives you. What gives you the right to say that I'm going to be a cop? I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. You do. You determine what you're going to be, right? Free will. So they need to take that away from you. The ones that mean the people harm, that want population control, that want a world population in crippling fear, they need to take away what keeps you whole, what keeps you grounded, what you love. Has anybody else, and I don't claim to be the most religious person in the world, but has any, and I've spoken about this, I've spoken about this on Wednesday, I did not speak about it on Thursday, but does anybody at all notice the assault on religion? And if it hasn't come to your part of the world, give it time. We need to take away people's ability to worship freely, to believe in themselves, to believe in a higher power, because godliness is the enemy of evil, correct? Do you realize, and, and look at the media explosion, if you don't know from other places around the world here, the president came out yesterday in America. He came out. He spoke at the podium and he said all churches are considered essential and they are to reopen. Do you know the media has never been so upset? How dare he allow people the ability to go back to church? And when Carrie asked you about this the other night, my, my thoughts on religion and you know congregations wanting to be able to, to get together for mass and how in America they're arresting people who are going to church, arresting people going to drive through um, congregation um, ministries, things of that nature, whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Pastors are getting arrested. Ministers getting fined. And I said then, like I say now, it's not about the need of the church to raise money or not raise money. or It's not a vanity issue. Some may make it into one. In reality, it's a deeper argument. In America, we have the right to freedom of religion. They now say, we'll fine you, or we'll take that away from you, or we'll arrest you. That's a problem. It's about your rights. It's always going to be about your rights. But they need to keep you separated from community, from God, from a sense of self, and a sense of self-worth. When you are a defeated and fallen person, you are susceptible to all the evils. And am I, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one that sees this, and I know I'm not. But when we have to have the President of the United States to come out and declare churches and mosques and all these places of worship are now essential, it should never come to that. Not here, not anywhere in the world. Yet it does. And people allow it to happen. 
it angers me. It, it, it truly angers me and it incites me because not enough people are upset about it. And I assure you to our international friends, this is what's coming. It's not a, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's coming. This is what they need. They need blind obedience. Obey, 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 and question nothing. Do not believe in yourself. Believe in Big Pharma. They have a pill to make you feel better and to make you feel better about the abuse and the raping that you're currently taking and receiving. All right. We're going into the third hour here. So going to take a quick two-minute break. I shall return, and we're going to move on to two other issues, and I'm going to try to shorten it up, and we may go the we may end up going the whole three hours. Who knows? But I shall return. Thank you, everybody who's listening. I appreciate it. I will be back shortly, and I look forward to continuing the conversation with myself. I appreciate you all listening. Thank you. There's, there's that dramatic music. This is when I do news breaks. This is when I should do news breaks. This is when I should talk about COVID-19. The return. The third wave. The fourth wave. COVID-400. Coming to kill you. 
and your family. Lock yourselves in your room. Do not breathe. Do not eat. Do not drink the water. It's coming to get you. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I have... You got to laugh at it, right? You got to laugh. If you don't laugh, you're going to become that... That... Poison with fear. Zombie. Don't be that person. And again, the music on Podbean, not impressive. So I actually have a lot of pre-recorded uh, commercial roles, sweepers, intros, outros, original music, copyright free, you know. So I'm trying to learn how to use that. I'm trying to get used to this system. It's new, but it's exciting. And hopefully... For those who are sticking with me, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, and this is for you. And lest we forget. Thank you. I don't know. Hey, it's not the best, but it's something, right? We'll get different sounds, different music, different whatever effects in there soon. So... For everybody out there, you have stuck with me this long. It means the world to me. I thank you so much for it. And I know we have people listening from all over the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In your many time zones, wherever you may be from, thank you. I don't know how I've kept your interest, because God, I can talk. But hopefully I'm not yelling at all of you too much. That might change in the last hour here. I don't know. I'm trying not to yell. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But we'll see. So let's let's talk quickly about the comment made by Vice President Joe Biden. Because this is fun. Okay? In case you don't know, Joe Biden, the Democrat candidate for president against Donald Trump, the 77-year-old senile China puppet. He said, quote, you ain't black if you voting for Donald Trump. I love the cadence. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Remember Hillary and all of them, like when they go on shows that are hosted by black people, they have to speak with the Southern drawl and they have to try to talk a little different. They have to change up how they speak. You know that's taught, right? You know that there's actual pollsters that tell these candidates and these politicians how to speak to the masses and speak to the people in that community to try to connect with them because they're so out of touch with reality that they have to be told how to speak, how to dress, what to say, what to talk about. They're fake puppet scumbags. That's very real, okay? But there's something so priceless about you're not black if you vote for Donald Trump. So for all the black people who voted for Donald Trump, did you lose the color of your skin? Did your pigment change? How stupid, but truly how enlightening, how honest, because Democrats, and this is going to be a little bit biased. Fair warning. I mean, Joe Biden has been involved in the 
criminal justice reform act and all those wonderful things that put a obscene amount of black people in prison and first offenders and all the wonderful things that have been done to the black community. Right. But you're not victims. You're just targets and marks and a, and a controlled grouping of people because Democrats have been controlling you since the 1700s. I mean, I've said this before and I will say this again. When people call me and have historically called me a racist, first off, that makes you prejudiced by definition. Secondly, my family is so damn diverse, it's laughable, but I don't need to talk about it to try to justify who I am and to make myself look better or feel better. That's just stupid. But, 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 but. Literally, the party who put people in chains and created slavery, prospered from slavery, went to war to fight to keep people in chains, in shackles. Right? That's what the Democrats are. So when people have referred to me as a racist in the past, it offended me. And I said to them, no, I'm not a Democrat. And that's why I said that. The party that funded, supported, and trained, and manipulated, and controlled the KKK, the party that fought against the Civil Rights Act, the party that condemned Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, now magically is the best friend of the black community. Hypocrites. Scumbags. So when you have somebody like a Joe Biden saying something so stupid, it's honestly, there you go. It's honestly honest. How about that? Because that's how he really feels. And that's not me trying to be a mark for the Trump campaign. I'm just being blunt. They don't give a damn about you. They only want your vote because political parties, namely the Democrats, need you to be hooked on social welfare, on federal programs, because you aren't strong enough to be your own person. You aren't good enough to have your own life. You have to get that extra help from the government. It's the same thing with the women empowerment movement. I love it. The Me Too campaign. I spoke about it the other night. I will offend anyone and everyone because it deserves to be called out. All these commercials I see about see her, be her, and all this crap. I didn't know women were so marginalized in this country. Damn. I mean, I'm sorry. I think the breakdown is like, what, 40 to 60? All right, maybe it's not 50-50. Women CEOs of uh, Fortune 500 companies and all this other stuff. The point I'm getting at, it's not an attack on women. It's not an attack on black people. It's an attack on those who want to control the narrative and to make you constantly feel, no matter what it is you're going through in your life, whether it be your gender, the color of your skin, your religious beliefs, your economic upbringing, whatever it is, you are somehow, some way, a victim and not held responsible 
for your own mistakes. You know what? If you can't get a job where you're making $100,000 a year or you can't get this or you can't get that, it's not the white man's fault. It's not the black man's fault. It's not the man's fault. It's not the woman's fault. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's your fault. It's called personal responsibility. Life isn't meant to be easy. Life is meant to be a challenge, to be hard, to be a fight. Fight harder. Don't live outside your means. Do you know how many people make very little money but are able to support an entire family and are willing to sacrifice to support that family and not complain about it, just continue to exist, to do? Do you know what that's like? Many of you don't. You can't relate to that. And God bless. I'm happy you'll never have to. But for those who do, they appreciate the things in life that others look over, look past. My point to all this is, what happens to perseverance? What happens to strength of character? When did it become wrong to believe in yourself and become right to blame somebody else for your failures? You're a drug addict, it's society's fault. You're in debt, it's this person's fault. You didn't get this job, it's that, that person's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Own it, accept it. If you want better, fight for better. That may sound cold and callous to some people, but it's the truth. And there's not enough of that going around today. So when I hear Joe Biden say that about black people, it's just indicative on their how they view you. They view you as a vote. Wasn't it Roosevelt who said we'll keep the N-words in chains forever with social welfare? The historical quote is online. You can find it. I mean... Why do you blindly think, why do you blindly believe that one party, they care about you and they're going to give you everything you want because you deserve it because you're a victim of your skin color. You're a victim of your gender. You're a victim of society. So they're going to give you everything that you deserve. I'm going to go out and have 10 children with 10 different whatever. I'm going to live beyond my means put myself in debt, max out credit cards, whatever it is, because the government's going to bail me out because somebody else is going to take care of me because I deserve it because I'm a victim of society. I'm a victim of my upbringing. I'm a victim of this, a victim, a victim, a victim, constantly, constantly beating you down, dragging you down, holding you down, oppressing you. And so many buy into it. But you see, the problem is, the problem is, in this country, the president, who so many people hate, just so happened to have the highest support from the black community. Is that appropriate to say, or is it African-American? Which do you prefer today? I refer to you as an American. I don't see skin color, but the defenders of all things wonderful and racism, they only see color. I digress. They see you as nothing more 
than a sure thing. So when so many black people are supporting this president and he has the highest black support, Hispanic support, or Latino support, all these other numbers than any Republican in modern history, we have a problem. So we need to replace black people. We need to replace legal citizens with illegals, obviously. That's that's always been the end game. But we have to find a way to reignite that fire, that spark of racism and racial divide. Because that's what they live for. Democrats are your defenders, don't you know? Democrats are there for the inner city people. Don't you know this? They care about you. They love you. They know what your struggle is like, whether it be Baltimore, whether it be New York City, whether it be Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, wherever. The Democrats are there for you. They're there to lift you up and give you a hand up instead of a handout. That's a load of crap. They're all about handouts. But really, they care about you. They can relate to your struggle. They understand what you're going through. Do you know why that is? Because the same party that claims to love you, to care about you, and the ones that are going to save you are also the ones that have been in power in these cities for decades upon decades upon decades, killing your neighborhoods, allowing the violence, the drugs, the depression, while benefiting it from it and prospering off of it. How come nobody says that? They love me so much, they're going to give me everything. I believe them, even though they've been running my state or my city forever and ran it to straight to hell. But it's going to change now, really. It's going to change, don't you know? Wake up. Stop allowing yourself to be so subservient. And that goes for white, black, brown, yellow, everything in between. Wake up. So Joe Biden saying what he said, it's just a momentary lapse of him being honest. Him actually admitting how he feels. Most Democrats, including black Democrats, don't give two shits about black people or white people. They only care about what they're going to gain, how much money they're going to make off of your blind allegiance to them. Wake up. So Joe Biden is a disgusting, sickening waste of a human being. Not because he's running against Trump, because he likes to touch little girls far too much. Somebody might say that's not right. I could just drive you to the 9,000 videos that are out there, right? And the complaints about sexual abuse and everything else against him, but that gets that gets washed away because he's a Democrat. He gets a pass. He's gonna fight China though, don't worry. He's gonna save America and break our dependence from China. I mean, even though he got his son billions of dollars working on a board in China with no experience and has been one of the biggest advocates for China and Xi Jinping ever. But don't worry, he's gonna he's gonna bring America back, you know, from the brink. Right. So I could have gone off more and yelled more about what he said, but it's just indicative upon the type of people they have running. They literally give you the most genuinely racist and low life individuals that are the ones that are trying to sell themselves to you as the most virtuous. 
and the most loving and caring and the ones that are there for you. But let's ignore the ones that are actually doing things and not seeking credit. They're bad. The ones that are telling you, though, they're going to give you everything. Like they've told you for decades, they're going to give you everything and never come through. They're the ones you have to believe. Come on. It's disgusting. The party of the KKK, the party of slavery, the party of hate and division and separation is never going to save you. And on that note, the Republican Party isn't going to save you either. You are the ones. Oh, God, I might sound like Obama for a second here. You're the ones that can save yourselves if you start to believe in yourself, if you start to actually believe that you're more than what you're told that you are. When somebody tells you no or somebody says you can't, believe that you are and you will and you can. It's not that difficult. We allow ourselves to be stereotyped. We allow ourselves to be labeled. We allow ourselves to be the willing victims. The sooner we break that paradigm, the better off we'll be as a, a, a world population. Not just Americans, not just Europeans, not just Asians. The world as a whole will be better when you honestly and truly believe in yourself first and foremost and do right by the people that you love and love you. Take care of them. Be kind to your neighbor. Don't waste your time on ingrates, on those non-deserving. I know it's a cold thing to say. Why do I say that? Because too many people out there want to be pariahs of society. They want to take advantage of you, take advantage of your kindness, of your weakness, try to abuse and manipulate you. Do your best for them, but look out for the ones that matter, truly matter, and yourself first and foremost. Start to build some pride, sense of self. Why the hell am I doing self-help things? Listen, I don't know how we've gone down this path. <laughs> I, I can't believe I said in the beginning I'll give you at least two hours. I doubt we'll go to three. Hey, we're going to hit three hours, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. See how it goes? And I, I don't think, I don't think I'm being too in your face with the screaming tonight. I really hope I'm not. I do. But I'm going down this whole path of like self-help thing. And it's kind of weird for me. Dr. Dan, right? Dr. Dan. Oh my God. How I got here is beyond me. But you know what? It all, it all plays into, you know, you could sit there and you can give the Republican outrage reaction to what a Democrat may say. But we make it political because we're taught to make it political and we're taught to break everything out down into that divide, right? We stop looking at people as people and we start looking at people as only, only that's a Republican, that's a Democrat. That's a black person. That's a white person. That's this. That's that. When I look at people, I see them as human beings. I don't see skin color. I don't see religion. I don't see poor, rich. That's how I view people. I view people as people. Whether they matter or not is how they present themselves and how they live their lives and how they are to me and others around them. Is that so wrong? Is that such, such a foreign concept that we've lost sight of? I ask you that sincerely. I, I truly, it's, I know it's a, 
hypothetical question, right? It's just putting it out there to the universe. <laughs> but it's true. When did we degrade so much as a society that we stop looking at people as being people and only look at them for the obvious and look at them as the obvious? Why? Why? Shame on us. Shame on us for allowing us to be ourselves to become that. It's a shame. It's sad. But politicians and media and movie stars and singers, they're always the most virtuous ones out there. They're always the ones talking about all the important things and doing the charitable this and charitable that. But very few and far between donate their own money and their own time to actual causes and do it without trying to get attention for it or trying to get love for it or notice for it or richer because of it. It's just fake. But they're the first ones to preach to you how you should live your life, how you should view others. <clears throat> Excuse me. I ask you to challenge yourselves, okay? Open your mind and expand your thinking and don't view somebody who you disagree with, somebody who you may not even like. Look at them with open eyes and an open heart. Try to relate or talk to that person without just saying, that's just an asshole Democrat, or that's just an asshole conservative, or that's just the piece of this or a scumbag, whatever. Hold, withhold judgment, withhold your own personal biases, and try to actually communicate with that person on a completely different level. Random thing. It sounds so stupid, but it's a random thing, a random test. And if you can't, and that person is still, to be frank, a scumbag, then you know. It's not because they're this or they're that. It's because they're just a bad person. So stop. Stop doing as the media tells you to do, as celebrity tells you to do, to as political parties or whatever it may be tells you to do. Be bigger than, be better than that. Why am I saying this? Why am I doing this whole self-help thing? Why am I touching on this? I'm touching on this because it all plays in to the narrative that I started the show with. Believe it or not. Because we have lost sight of who we are. We have lost sight of our own, our own inner strength, our own convictions, our own morals, our own decency. Who we know we are is not who we portray ourselves as. It's nobody's fault, but it's everybody's fault. We're responsible for that. We're responsible for allowing ourselves to compromise ourselves, to compromise reality, to compromise decency. We allow ourselves to fall prey, fall victim to these controlling entities. We go about things willingly. We don't fight. We don't protest. Some do, not enough. And we go along to get along. That's a failure on our end. Because the one thing that entities that are evil and mean us harm hate more than anything else in this world is unity and strength through unity and strength through conviction. I assure you, that is the biggest enemy 
to the ones that want you and your families to die. Sounds harsh, sounds cold, but true. To the person in the chat room that says Hillary Clinton will be the next president, they'll probably try to slip her in. Wouldn't surprise me. And all I could say to that is, God help the world. Because that evil scumbag bitch. Mm. <laughs> uh, obviously, we have a uh, a dumbass in the chat room. So, congrats. Free speech, people. Free speech. If you... and and. There you go. See, I was I was on a positive mode, but you're a perfect example. So thank you. What are you? Chill jelly. Very original. When you go, you're gonna vote Hillary. Cool. You know she's not running, dude. Or whatever you are. I don't want to assume your gender. But here's a public service announcement to those who come into my forums and chat rooms and call up the lines and everything else, right? When you make yourself readily out there, you put yourself out there and you act like a moron and you look like a moron, you're being laughed at. You're not making a point. You just sound like a stupid sheep and you're seen as such. And you just you just prove to the world how much of a waste of space you are. And I hope that you find the ability to better yourself because all you do. And all you make yourself look like is a sorrowful, dumbass fool. So have at it. So to the people in the chat room that want to speak stupid, rock on. And thank you for the support. Because that's all you're doing is increasing my numbers. So your little thing with protesting just makes you look so freaking stupid. I love it. So anyway, moving on. I love when idiots get involved. It's one of the things that excites me because I'm actually somebody who goes out in the streets and stands up for what I believe in and not just some loser behind a keyboard. So for me, it's like it's always entertaining when you get those uh, types of people that come out there. You know, they they act like morons because they are. And that's what I was talking about before are the stupid, stupid, stupid people that uh, just don't know how to be anything better than what they're told to be. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's idiots like you that really entertain me on these late nights because honestly, some of us are out here trying to do something with our lives and dumbasses like you, you, you try to act keyboard tough. It's impressive, buddy. It's truly impressive. Anyway, I could do this all day and make fun of idiots like that, but you know, it is what it is. So, moving on here. Goodbye, dumbass. I've learned I've learned to just not spend too much time on them because I really enjoy it too much. I truly, truly do. When people show their stupidity and naivety. You literally, you know, it's funny because for the last two and a half hours, I've been speaking about empowering people and not showing biases and not. And see, I fall victim to it, right? 
I call him a dumbass. And when and I hear Hillary Clinton's name, obviously, I'm going to speak very candidly because that's an evil woman, you know, in my opinion, a murderer. Just my opinion. Has nothing to do with the, you know, the political party or persuasion, just the actions of said individual, right? But really, it's just it just shows you how stupid people can be when you're literally, you're literally, oh, God. When you're literally talking about being a better person, when you're literally talking about, uh, I love this. When you're talking about being better than just a, a image or a online this or whatever, you know, it, it's just, it's pathetic. It shows how people don't know how to listen. They just, they have a desire to be heard and be seen and be noticed. The people like that are the lower class individuals that those are the ones they have a hard time saving because they don't want to be saved. They desperately look for attention online or attention from others or reaction. And sometimes it's fun to give it to them because it's entertaining as hell to just allow them to show their stupidity to the world. But all you could do at a time like that is just pray for somebody so pathetic, you know? And that's what this this whole theme, this whole show has been about. It's looking beyond the crap that we see out there every day. And actually going above and beyond to try to find the decency. To try to find the decency to look beyond the biases of certain people, right? And that's what I, I go back to the very beginning, the very beginning, when we allow ourselves to become so fallen and to become victim to a narrative that means us all harm. Whether you're an idiot, whether you're a great person, whatever you are, we allow ourselves to become victimized by it. And we give in to that, that Stockholm syndrome, you know? And it's it's truly entertaining. And honestly, people, the best thing to do is to ignore the, the losers of life, life's precious little losers, because they show themselves through their actions. And it's hard because unlike people, I'm a fighter. And it is entertaining and it is fun. I feel good. Anyway, going back to where I started all this two and a half hours ago now. <laughs> uh, people in the chat room, do you enjoy the do you enjoy the show you're getting? I know I should ignore, but it's so entertaining. Do you do you enjoy it? Do you do you like what you're seeing on display? Do you like seeing the pathetic, pathetic nature of some? These are the ones. These are the ones. Pray for them, huh? I love it. It does it does speak to what I've been speaking about. It it, it you know, and it shows. But it's all right. To be the bigger person and not to be a worthless, a worthless scumbag like what you see on the screen there. 
it takes a real person to do that. Somebody of integrity and somebody of actual testicular fortitude versus a loser in life. And that's the, that's the difference between me and so many others out there is that I laugh at them and I feel sorry for them, but I still want to believe that there's decency in humanity and people can be bigger and better than what they're told they have to be, right? So when it comes to politics, when it comes to COVID-19, when it comes to all this stuff, you just have to be strong enough to go beyond the crap that you're force-fed every day, whether it be TV, whether it be media, whether it be anybody telling you that you're anything less than what you want to be or how you view yourself or your desires in life or what you persevere and aspire to be. There's always going to be the people, the idiots out there that think they're better than you. Those are the fallen ones that have no purpose in life. You know? Those are the ones that have, like, well, they're the ones that live for the social media attention and live for the likes and the comments and are keyboard tough. Those are the ones that never amount to anything in the real world because all they have is that persona that they have for themselves online. It's sad to be that. It's sad to be that person. But you could be bigger than that and better than that if you so choose to be. And what we have now and what we have all the time is a media and a society that works against you and works to bring you down as a person and demeans your very way of life. And I'm saying and I'm asking for people to be better than that, to look deeper. That really is the narrative of the entire thing. The entirety of everything that I've said. And when people make their remarks, they obviously didn't listen to 90% of what I was talking about, but I don't care. See, the great, the great, great, great thing about all of it is when you don't have to prove yourself to anybody or think that you need to be something to get attention or get noticed by people, rather you're just yourself then you can rest easy at night knowing that you've at least spoken your truth and you've tried to lift others up rather than drag them down. The haters will come. The evil will come. The division will come and people will always work against you. It's how you overcome them and simply ignore the negativity and the constant people that are always with the same drumming of telling you how worthless you are and threatening you and all this other crap. It's tiresome and it's weak and it's old and it's useless. People can be better than that if you so choose to be. People could be better than that if you choose to live your life in a more righteous manner. That's my point of all this. So there's a lot of different topics and I will do another one of these soon that I wanted to talk about. But obviously I'm going to hit the three hour mark pretty soon. And I can't believe I'm going to midnight. But regardless, I appreciate all those who've actually stuck with me. And to the haters, hey, again, thanks for the support and the increased numbers. So in the end, you're just uh, kind of doing me a solid. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, the next time I do one of these, I'm going to actually have three specific topics. I'm going to try to break it down and do a topic an hour. That might be a little bit easier.
because everything that I've spoken about tonight kind of rolls right back into the first thing. But it's important. But it, it, it's it's important to just, you know, going back to the, the Biden comment and the civil rights stuff and the racial divide, here's something that I kind of, I'm going to kind of interlope what I spoke about in hour two into hour three here. That post on Facebook that spoke about the illegals being more patriotic than those who choose not to wear a mask. Okay. You know, I remember seeing years ago when I was out there doing the rallies and protesting and doing my thing. I actually filled in for my friend, Ted Hayes, who has his own radio show, America's Black Shield. And I filled in. It was kind of funny, you know, white guy filling in for the black guy show. But it was great. And it was right around the time back in 2009 when they were Democrats at that point. Sadly, it was Democrats backed by some Republicans as well, because, again, uniparty, same same evil. They were trying to back a measure and back a bill to give illegal aliens in this country protected status, money, this, that. It was, it was a list of a laundry list of uh, different things that are not deserved, of course, to give them all these things under the civil rights, making an amendment to the Civil Rights Act. That offended me more than it offended so many in the media, it offended so many others. How sick. How sick do you have to be, not as a politician or as a person, really as a person, but when you compare somebody and the ones most affected by illegals in this country happen to be legal immigrants, the ones that come here the right way and do it the right way, they're the ones most affected. And it's sad but true, right? There's no hate there. It's just a, it's just a matter of fact. If you migrate to this country, come visa, this, that, whatever it is, you don't have a free ride. You're given the nothing that everybody else is given, the opportunity, but you're not going to get free this, free that, free this, free that. But illegals come here and they feel entitled to things because Democrats offer, right? So anyway, I was offended by the fact that you consider somebody who came to this country illegally where their only feat is either they were brought here or crossed a border or came in via ship or came in on a plane or overstayed a visa, that's their heroic action. That somehow, some way compares them to African-Americans. As I say, Americans, they should be protected in the Civil Rights Act. Why? When you literally had people put into servitude, sold to America in servitude, in bondage, chains. I don't believe in reparations or any of that crap. I think that's stupid. Another excuse to, you know, increase the victim culture. But seriously, what right and what and how how crazy do you have to be to actually think that you should be protected under that same Civil Liberties Act, Civil, uh, excuse me, Civil Rights Act? It's crazy. But see, that's the mindset. And that was what, uh, 11 years ago? It's still happening today. We're applauding illegality. They celebrate illegality. They celebrate the fall of society. We celebrate things now that are constantly negative, constantly immoral to the eyes, in the eyes of many. You know, for instance, and, and I know I'm jumping around here, but it's the last 15 minutes, basically. You've seen today a post about how churches were closed in Michigan. Well, actually, it's from yesterday, excuse me. You know, churches and 
places of worship closed in Michigan, you know, barbers, everything else closed and, you know, not allowed to open. But alternative lifestyle, gay, swinger, transsexual, this, that, clubs, they're allowed to be open and considered essential. Listen, as I always say, I don't care if you want to be a transvestite rhinoceros and, and you, you assume 45 genders. Live your life. You do you. But again, why would a governor or any elected official say that that is okay? And freedom of expression is fine, but that's okay. Those type of entities are okay. You could go to those places, but you cannot go to a house of worship. You see, the further they pull you away from that community, the further they divide you, pull you away from your congregation, pull you away from the things that you're used to in a normal cadence of life, the more they can control, control the narrative and inevitably control you. See how it all intertwines? And again, who are we to judge anybody for doing, being, thinking, whatever, however they want to be, however they want to think. But don't say that how you feel, what you think is somehow more important than the next person. That is what I'm getting at. And that has been the narrative of the past three to four months across this entire, not just this country, but the entire world. It's sad to see, but we have the opportunity because people ask me all the time, whether they call in on the radio show or people asking questions or people trying to attack me and say, what's my solution? I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution beyond common sense. Be a better person and do right by others and right by yourself and try to empower others to do the same versus pointing the finger and condemnation constantly. If you want to be that low of a person, then you're going to go right to the lamb of the slaughter, right? It's up to all of us. We have individual choices to be something greater than what's expected of us. So I guess that's the, the intertwined topic um, point through all these three hours. That's what it is. It's up to us to be bigger than and better than the narrative and the expectations of all of us. We are responsible for that. We can control it. We may not be able to overcome it, but as long as we do right by ourselves and right by others and try to be loud enough and speak our truths and speak our opinions, but don't try to force your opinions, then we can possibly and potentially change the narrative and change what's to come. But we'll never know unless we try. And simply and blindly falling into that black hole of despair, falling into that trap of silencing yourself, quarantining yourself, locking yourself away from society, from friends, from family, from culture, from living, from breathing, from being, eating, seeing, whatever it is, altering your life. Once you do that and once you give that up, you've given up your ability to be you. Don't become that person. Don't become the person who will happily go along to get along. Don't don't be that one, and I hate to say this, 
And I've said this before, and I've used this example on the radio show. When I shared the quote in German, it's for your safety. Don't be the ones that believe the friendly SS as they get onto the cattle cars and go to the camps in Germany or in Poland. Don't be that person. What do you think is next? They've already controlled you. They've shut you down. They've limited your food supply. They've taken away jobs. They've taken away money. They've taken away insurance. They've taken away business, right? They've taken away so much from you already. Where do you think it goes from there? So it's up to us to be strong enough and to be strong enough individuals and have enough willpower to speak out and to at least, at the very least, fight back in the best possible way we can. Not be subservient, not be what they need us to be and be someone that's going to be loud, outspoken, but again, doing right in the face of any adversity and evil. It sounds so simple and so basic, but it may just be the very thing that will not make it go away. I'm not talking about a COVID-19. I'm talking about an agenda. I'm talking about Agenda 21, Agenda 30, um, the new world, the plans, these things that are that sound so scary, but are actually real. That are actually underway. That are happening every single second of every single day. The more we do now and the more we believe in ourselves and speak up and stand up, we could you want to talk about slowing the spread? The only thing to truly slow the spread of is globalism and evil. That's how we do it. And it's also about, I said this on Wednesday night. We need to have regular everyday people be brave enough to fight the evil. And I'm talking politically and start running for office. And break the back of the political establishments and be, be a steward. Be a representative of the everyday person that works a seven, eight dollar an hour job, minimum wage, because you know what? They matter just as much as the millionaire. But so many politicians, aspiring politicians, or people so indoctrinated by the establishment, they look past and beyond those people. We need people that are going to rise to power the honest way, but are strong enough to fight for it, that have not lost sight of everyone as a whole and see the value and good and decency in all people, even scumbags like we're on there before on the chat room, to find, <laughs> to find the good even in the worst person. But they haven't lost sight of it. To be willing to not just run to be a Republican or to be a Democrat, but to actually run to be you, to be a human being that's going to fight for your fellow neighbor. Honestly, I had, that's probably the most succinct way of summarizing this whole three-hour show. It can be done, but you have to be strong enough and strong, have a strong enough heart, enough willpower to fight that battle. That's the point. That's how we truly break the back of what's trying to destroy 
humanity as a whole. <sighs> there you go. Believe me. Oh, and, and for the record, I do fall victim sometimes because I always love a good fight. I do. But I got to remind myself not to lower myself because that's something else that is a good lesson for everybody. Never lower yourself. Never take yourself down a level to address somebody who's beneath you. Try to help them elevate themselves or just allow them to be so lowly alone. I've learned that and I should know better. Sometimes a fighter in me comes out and I realize not worth the time. So that didn't, that didn't distract me. It just it elicits a response from me and I usually wouldn't just dive right in. But I've grown. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because believe me, I used to get a lot worse than what I did. But honestly, I value and respect all of you and your time and attention too much. So I'm not going to apologize for anything that I've said. I will not apologize for the bad behavior of others. People choose to present themselves how they choose to present themselves. And if that's how they want to represent themselves, that's a sad reality. But you'll have this. You'll have good and bad with anything and everyone, right? So, people, I really appreciate everybody's time. Honestly, and this is the problem, I think. I could keep talking for another few hours. I mean that sincerely. Because it may sound like I'm slowing down, but I'm not. I have so many other things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to limit myself and not continue on past the three-hour mark. But I'm going to thank everybody for actually taking the time to stick with us. I mean, hell, we've gotten more people as the time has gone on, right? I appreciate that. I don't know how to set up the mailing list here yet. I'll have that done somehow, some way, probably by tomorrow. I'm getting close. We will have a mailing list. And that's something that people will be able to utilize on here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Somebody enjoyed the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I appreciate you actually tuning in and listening. And yeah, some responding to the chat room right now. It's, I don't know how sometimes I even do what I do. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just, I could talk and talk and talk and zone it out. And all of you matter to me, even the haters. But, and again, I say that, I, I say that sincerely. The haters do matter to me because you're closeted fans, whether you want to admit it or not. Some people invest far too much time in hating somebody. And it's like, yo, thank you for the support. You know, where would I be without my haters? But uh, <laughs> thanks. It could have been more professional, but God knows it's a lot better than it would have been a year ago. So I'll take that for what it's worth. But thank you so much. Um, to all of you, though, it means the world to me that you tuned in tonight. And I know it was probably dull and boring, and I didn't have exactly the music that I wanted and the things that I wanted and everything else or somebody else to bounce off of, but I hope that what I said you found some substance in. You know, there's there, you've heard the meaning behind it, at least. And also, I wanted you to get to know me a little bit for those who don't know me beyond what they hear on the radio. And sometimes you hear me on the radio shows and you just hear, 
lots of screaming and yelling and me talking loud or whatever it may be. That is a side of me, yes. And I'm I'm the first one to admit it, but there's actually more to me than all of that. And I just want you to get an example of who I am, some of my beliefs. And again, I'm going to do this again, probably next weekend. I might not do a full three-hour thing, okay? I just do a two-hour thing. One hour isn't enough. Three hours isn't enough, but I could settle for two. Put it to you like that. But I appreciate all of you from all over the world tuning in. I ask you all to please follow us here on Podbean. I don't know the full link. Just voice to the people USA radio and then VOP network. You could find all of that on our two channels there on our, on our actual site, Voice of People USA Radio. Yes. Okay, so you have channel one, this Voice of People USA Radio, and then channel two, VOP Network. Excuse me. And as I said earlier, the VOP Network is going to be a place where we're going to have a lot of different show hosts that luckily for them, they won't be subjected to the, uh, besides your usual idiots, you won't have people like that in your chat rooms. <laughs> so to all, to all future hosts, don't worry. That only usually happens on the political side, but eh, it is what it is, right? But that's going to be a cool place where a lot of different hosts from all over the world with a lot of different talents and you know experiences are going to come and have their own shows and be a part of something, and I really look forward to that. And again, that's going to launch in June. I don't have a specific date, but it is coming soon. We already have some shows on there. Uh, Carrie and Kevin do a podcast on there. We're going to have a couple other shows launch on there probably within a week. So it's pretty cool. And obviously in the Voice of People USA radio side, we have the political shows right now on Podbean. You have this uh, and you have the Wednesday night show. I do a carry. That's it. Uh, we are going to launch a Voice of People USA radio show on Tuesday night. So two hour version of that's going to be live on Podbean. That'll be launching soon. And then we're going to have, of course, right now, still on Blog Talk Radio. We have VO- blogtalkradio.com slash VOP USA every Thursday night, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m three-hour live call-in show that's the one with multiple co-hosts and multiple opinions and we talk about anything and everything and it's the flagship show on the political side so with that of course you find us on spotify you could find you can find us on twitter at vop usa radio you can find us on spreaker at spreaker.com slash vop usa radio you can find us on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on Podcast One, on Vox, whatever that is. Um, you can find us. Um, God, there's some SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. Don't forget our YouTube channel, Voice of People USA Radio. And of course, our fa- uh, Facebook, Facebook page, Voice of People USA Radio. Give us a like, give us a follow. They censor us there, believe me, but. Please feel free. And I I know I didn't cover it at all. There's always more. There's so many platforms we're on. I'm grateful for it. I'm blessed. And all of us are blessed to have this opportunity. And we'd be nothing without all of you. So, again, I thank each and every one of you for your time. You actually sticking with me, putting up with me all this time. Friends, family, strangers, everyone. I value all of you, and I hope you'll join me again next week. I hope you'll join us here on this forum, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., for the show, The Conversation with Carrie. 
And of course, Thursday night, Vlog Talk Radio at 6 p.m. for the three hour show. And then I'll put out the date and time shortly of when I'll do this again next weekend. Like I said, I'll keep it at two hours, I promise. And other than that, I thank you all. God bless you all. Have a great night. Have a great day. That's for you. <laughs> I just like it. And I'm going to play some funky Podbean music to lead us out. The same one I've been playing, I guess. Oh, the session will be ending in two minutes. Look at that. Look at that. You're only allowed to do three hours. That's interesting. Now I know. <laughs> All right. Everyone, thank you so much. Have a great night. <laughs> Have a great night. God bless you all. And I will talk to you.